Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and Local Now Channel 525. It's a new week. Dave Ellswick Show. I will not be here tomorrow, just so you know. Linda has to go see the doctor tomorrow. I'll be there for that. I don't know how long it's going to take. I may be back for a few minutes of the, you know, Tuesday show or whatever. But it looks like they take off the soft cast. They remove the staples from the surgery. Maybe put a different cast on. There's all kinds of stuff they could or could. We don't know. We've really not been given any clarification about what's going to happen. So Carl Kimball will come in and sit in for me. He does a great job. Always uh, great to have Carl sit in for me. Sorry that I won't be here tomorrow. Would like to be here, but will not be able to make it. It's important that I am got to take care of my second half, you know, got to take care of that. So anyway, uh, Chris Corbett is going to be coming up at 3 o'clock with me today. Uh, Robert Steinbach typically here, not today. Rosh Hashanah is uh, yesterday and today, Jewish New Year. Uh, so or it's, I guess it's today and tomorrow. Tomorrow it's a sundown. So uh, he will not be on the air today as he uh, has a high holy day. So he'll be taking... Uh, part in that so with all of that said uh let's get underway with the show today we've got a great interview coming up in the next half hour sue thayer is going to be with us uh an interview that we did just a little over an hour ago uh she is from iowa used to work for uh, planned parenthood uh, left their organization, in fact, was fired from their organization because she was sharing information about things that they were doing that she felt were not uh, uh, good for the women uh, that were coming to them, and then got converted, ran into, you know, Jesus. That happens to people. They run into Jesus, and then their whole lives get turned upside down. And hers has. And uh, she is now on the pro-life side of the argument. And she'll be here to tell you about what it was like to work inside Planned Parenthood. That's coming up at 3, or pardon me, at 2.35. And Tony Blackwell with her uh, 40 days uh, prayer that's going on right now. And she'll tell you how you can get involved in it. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you're a believer... There's, you really can't 
since it goes through November, surely you can give up an hour of your time to uh, to pray, and uh, and and, that, and you don't get to stay at home. No, uh, uh-uh. uh, going over to the Planned Parenthood facility, abortion clinic facility here in West Little Rock, and uh, praying there. And there'll be other people there. You probably won't be the only person there. Just so you'll know. All right, so big story that came out uh, over the weekend. Don't know if you heard about it because this whole impeachment thing is, you know, there's so much going on about it that a lot of other stories that should get pretty good traction are not getting any traction at all. In recent uh, weeks, Walmart called for a ban on so-called assault weapons. They don't exist. Uh, banned open carry in its stores and announced that it's going to stop selling certain types of ammo. Now something comes out, and a lot of people said, well, you know, I don't buy my ammo at Walmart anyway. Uh, I don't open carry. I conceal carry. And, uh, you know, the whole thing about the ban on assault weapons, they don't sell them anyway. They don't sell AR-15s or whatever. Now it gets serious. Now there's a new piece that has come up with this puzzle, and this is very, very serious. Turns out Walmart now is teaming up with Michael Bloomberg's anti-gun group Every Town for Gun Safety, and that's according to their own website. Uh, Walmart is a charter member of the Responsible Firearms Retailer Partnership organized for Walmart uh, or by Walmart and Every Town for Gun Safety. I will be sending them a, a note, and I hope you will too. If you own a handgun, If you buy ammunition, if you're a hunter, whomever you might be, uh, if you believe in the Second Amendment, I want you to send a note to Walmart and tell them as long as they belong to every town for gun safety, Bloomberg's group, you'll have nothing. You'll not shop there ever again. I am not a person that uh, gets behind boycotts, but on this one, I have to get behind it. I have to not spend my money at Walmart because of this. Bloomberg has vowed to spend $50 million a year to push gun control. The organization is the brains and money behind many gun control groups. And the women who wear those red shirts show up at the, down there at the Capitol and stuff. It's where they get their money from. And been accused of using children for the March for Our Lives group as political puppets. Quote, every town has been criticized for using high school students to promote gun control activism under the guise of spontaneous student demonstrations. One of those students, David Hogg, tweeted uh, on March 10th for gun control supporters to utilize a call script produced by Every Town for Gun Safety to pressure congressional lawmakers into passing stricter gun control law. So with that in mind, this is the group that Walmart has decided to align themselves with now. And uh, since they've decided to do that, I've decided that I don't need to spend my money at Walmart. I can buy my milk. I can buy my milk, uh, my bread. I can buy my coffee, my butter, everything else I need at Kroger. And I will. 
That, that, that's it. Until they d- decide that they're not going to be part of this whole uh, group from Bloomberg. Um, I mean, you know that I've been against this for a long time. Uh, Mayor Hayes used to be a member of that group. I used to uh, attack him and the city of North Little Rock for it constantly. So uh, just just keep in mind now that Walmart, Walmart now is part of Bloomberg's Every Town for Gun Safety. And with that in mind, I'm done with them. Hope that you will be done with them as as well. I know that it may cause a little inconvenience. Understand that. Okay. I can't I don't believe Kroger is more than maybe two cents more expensive on some items. They're probably cheaper on other items. It's probably pretty close to a wash. And you might be saying, Well, what do I do for clothes for my kids and things of that nature? There's other places to buy clothes, other places that you can go. I'm going to suggest that you go to them and uh, you let them have your money instead of Walmart, period. I'll be uh, changing from Walmart Pharmacy as well uh, this week, making my uh, necessary changes of all my medicines and get it out of the pharmacy. And I'm going to let them know that too. I'll explain to them why I am uh, pulling my, my prescriptions from there. Bottom line. If you believe in the Second Amendment, this is something I think that we uh, we all, you know, basically have to do. If we don't do it, uh, you know, we're giving Walmart just free raid here. Just let them, you know, no, tell them it's no big deal, and it is a big deal. Two sixteen, come back. Got more with you here in the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, the phone number here eight two three zero nine six five. That's uh. Eight two three zero nine six five. You want to join in the conversation? That's fine. What's your thoughts about Walmart getting involved with Bloomberg? Getting in bed with him? Unbelievable! Really is unbelievable. They're becoming anti-gun. They really are. They're uh, they're right there with Dick Sporting Goods. I won't walk into a Dick Sporting Goods. I won't do business with them. Just not going to happen. All right, it's Dave Ellswick show. We'll be back with more. We got a lot more to talk about here. On 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, so got a couple of minutes here, about nine minutes, get to the news, and then uh, after that, uh, when we come back, we'll have our interview with Sue Thayer that uh, you're going to want to hear. used to be uh, a a person who worked for Planned Parenthood in uh, Iowa, now is on the pro-life side. Uh, The Planned Parenthood, she did work for it's closed uh, and uh, she's got a very interesting story you'll get to hear it in the next half hour then uh, chris corbin's going to join me at three o'clock until six and everything about the impeachment that has been going on you hear about as well as some other things as well i mean there's a few other stories that are going on also but here is the thing to watch about the impeachment the impeachment is supposed to be about what about the phone call to the Ukraine, right? I mean, if the president's not guilty of that, then it's over. Well, that's not what it is now. The Democrats have already expanded all of this. 
Do you know that they have subpoenaed all of the telephone calls that the president's had with Putin? Even though, even though Mueller said there was no collusion. And the Democrats have thrown that to the side because there was no collusion. There was no obstruction. That's not going to keep them from not asking for every frickin' phone call so they can listen to them. And they're going to call up for testimony. Who knows how many people? I'm just telling you, there's going to be it, none of it of what these people will come up about will have had anything to do with the, uh, the phone call for the Ukraine. Oh, no. Now it is a true witch hunt. Now they're going to go out and they're going to look and they're going to they're going to look under every rock and uh, under every, uh, um, you know, in the bottom of the ocean and everywhere to try to find anything, anything. They can bring up against this uh, president. Yeah, it's just amazing. Now, Russia has already given an answer back to the Democrats. The Kremlin said Monday, that's today, that transcripts of calls between U.S. President Donald Trump and the Russian president can only be published by mutual agreement. Now, that, that happened with the Ukrainian call. Remember, everybody was like, well, why isn't he turning it over? And it took some time for, uh, at that time, uh, uh, Pompeo to get a hold of the person who has the equivalency of his office over in the Ukraine to talk and to come to an agreement that it was okay for them to allow uh, that phone call to be heard. Look, uh, not every other leader in the free or unfree world wants their uh, phone calls made public with another leader. Most of uh, leaders will tell you that it is uh, understood that that's not going to happen. So that's why, you know, it has to be mutual agreement. Russians got to say, okay, president's got to say, okay. The White House has severely restricted the distribution of memos detailing Trump's calls with foreign leaders, including Putin. Asked about Congress's push for the publication of Putin-Trump calls, Kremlin spokesman responded that, quote, the publication is possible only on mutual accord, unquote. Quote, if we receive some signals from the U.S., we will consider it, unquote. Doesn't mean they're going to agree to it made that statement in a conference call with reporters. Peskov noted that the, quote, diplomatic practice doesn't envision such publications, unquote, adding that the issue is U.S. internal business. The rough transcript of Trump's call with the Ukrainian president, Zelensky, which was released by the White House, is now the focus of a U.S. impeachment probe. That's where it's all supposed to begin and end, right? Nope. It showed Trump urging Ukraine to, quote, look into his Democratic political rival, Joe Biden. The publication of the call in which the president made critical comments about German Chancellor Angela Merkel and French President Macron 
has hurt Ukraine's efforts to forge closer ties with the European Union and drawn comments from other Russian officials and lawmakers. So don't expect that a lot of these other places are are going to just jump up and down and say, oh, sure, no big deal whatsoever. Feel free. Go ahead. You know, make our calls public. I'm I'm not expecting that uh, to hear th- that. And, uh, you know, the liberals, you guys can get your panties in a wad all you want to. But surely if you sit down and think for a moment, you can understand that, you know, if you're a, a leader of a country and maybe uh, maybe you said something that uh, people could take wrong, the last thing they want is to have that made public. So just keep, uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe uh, maybe there's a, a phone call out there uh, with the, the, you know, the premier of Canada, you know, uh, you know, talking Ebonics with blackface on or something. Who knows? We don't, <laughs> we don't, I'm just saying. All right. People are people. Just the way they are. And, you know, if I were another world leader, I don't believe I'd want my phone calls to be public either about what I've been talking with with another leader and wanting to see things change. I liked, uh, I heard a guy this weekend, yes, I paid some attention uh, to uh, the talking heads this weekend. I got to do it. I do it for you, believe me. I don't do it for myself. Makes me want to vomit half the time. But uh, Chris Murphy, the junior senator, uh, was uh, on, I think he... Maybe he was on CNN, but he said, now here's his, here's what he's using. Okay. This is how he does quid pro quo. That if the president says anything because of the power of his office, you have to assume that it's quid pro quo. No, you don't. That's the most asinine thing I've ever heard. If that's the case, then, uh, you know, let's go back and and try Bill Clinton over again because he was the president of the United States and uh, he decided to have sex. So she didn't have any, you know, any uh, way to say no because he's the president of the United States. I don't know if I'll be able to put up with this one. Zach, I'm just telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it on the air several times. Mark Levin lost it on the air over the weekend. We're going to play that, by the way. He went off, and he went off on Fox and Friends, on one of the guys on Fox and Friends, and rightly so. It's like nobody wants to know who's the whistleblower. Some guy with second and third-hand knowledge, and everybody, nobody wants to know who he is. Silly. Absolutely silly. You have the right to know who your accuser is. Period. It's the way law works in this country. Last time I checked out. Here's the news. All right, back with you. I promised you this interview with Sue Thayer. Sit back, enjoy. But I'll warn you right now, it's going to make you feel uncomfortable. <laughs> 
Let's go. Dave Ellswick show with you. Sue Thayer is going to join us. Tony Blackwell is going to join us as well. Tony, I need you to move up on the microphone so we can hear you real good. Uh, talking about 40 days of prayer. That's going on. And this is a pro-life uh, movement, of course. And, uh, of course, if it's pro-death movement, we wouldn't have them on my show. But uh, Sue comes to us from Iowa. All the way from northwest Iowa. Northwest. Yep. Okay, that's yep. not bad. So you got here, you like the hills and stuff? It's very pretty, although it's much cooler in Iowa. Yes, it's, it's a lot older. cooler. Yeah. Yes, it's very warm here, <laughs> but you. it's very pretty. Yeah, Iowa Hawkeyes look pretty good this weekend. Yeah. I watched the game on television. I'm a big Big Ten because I'm, I'm from northwest Indiana. So, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I yeah. still like to watch the Big Ten, but I've been in Arkansas for 20 years. So I like the SEC, and I'm a big Razorback fan as we've been for many, many years. Yes. All right, so, Sue, let's talk with you because you have a very unique story. You have been in the trenches on both sides of this issue. I have. Uh, I was a center manager for Planned Parenthood uh, in Iowa, the same town I still live in, uh, for almost 18 years. And, of course, it's a long story, but um, God worked on my heart, and I ended up uh, speaking up against a new horrible thing they were doing there called webcam abortion. Uh, it's a chemical abortion done with no doctor around, and um, spoke up about that, ended up getting fired, which was actually a real blessing. And um, now I work for 40 Days for Life. That's a, It's really <laughs> cool. This is a cool story. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back, though. Evidently... <laughs> You know, you had a pretty hard heart when it came to abortion before the Lord got a hold of you. It takes a hard heart to work there. Um, I, I started there not so hard-hearted, I think, is what I got. But uh, in the beginning, I thought I was helping women, really. <clears throat> but within a short time, they have all their managers go uh, for a, go for a surgical abortion day and uh watch you know the the process and then of course over the years i worked there i would help in the abortion unit many many different days so i i saw quite a bit of that but my first day was probably the most difficult but it really committed helped me commit to the family planning part of planned parenthood i did sexuality education all over northwest iowa um it was really my job to sell abortions to women yeah wow so you were there when they counted the limbs and, mm-hmm. and all of that. Correct. A lot of people don't know what all goes into an abortion. Yes. Um, if you've seen Unplanned, Abby Johnson's story, uh, they do a really uh, great job of depicting a surgical abortion and also a, a chemical abortion. Abby had one of those, and that's shown in the in the film, but... You know, a surgical abortion is, um, there's a, a very distinctive noise, the suction machine, and um, it's a very short time, and then that's um, passed through this little door, and then you take the parts and kind of sort through them and make sure you've got it all, and um, you have to be very hard-hearted to be able to do that all day. I mean, the first day I was there, I think we did between 35 and 40. Oh, my Lord. And... Um, there was at least one set of twins because I remember asking, oh, why is there a, you take a little tweezers. I said, why is there a third arm there? Uh-huh. And they're just little tiny and always bent at the elbow. And 
uh, the person training me said, uh, it was twins. Here's a, another spine, and here's the skull. So, you know, it, it's it's very difficult. You're going to make me cry. Well, I cry about it sometimes, but sometimes I can, I can talk about it. Um, but it's very difficult, and, you know, we have to remember that that happens every 95 seconds in an abortion facility, a Planned Parenthood abortion facility. And... It, it, it's a holocaust 61 and a half million babies have died so how do people do that and be in planned parenthood and still with a straight face look at a tv camera and say not a human well i think it's becoming more difficult for them um i i remember uh in 2007 we got little uh, 4D state-of-the-art ultrasound machines uh, purchased for all of the centers in Iowa by Mr. Warren Buffett is what we were told. And when those ultrasound machines came, I mean, you could see little tiny like fingernails on a, you know, just a wee tiny baby. And some of those gals that had worked in the abortion facilities for many years, um, even though they had seen them after the abortion, it's different to see them alive and kicking and healthy and you know a finger will wave or or these great little details and so we had people leave after we got those new ultrasound machines because it's so hard explain to me the difference between a chemical abortion and uh, in the past i don't know if they still do them a saline abortion well, a chemical abortion is done with just pills. Um, okay. It, it, it originated in France, RU486. We called it the French abortion pill. Iowa actually did the clinical trials for that uh, in the 90s. So we were very familiar with it. But it's Mifeprex and Misoprostol, two pills. The woman takes the first set of pills um, in a webcam abortion at the facility. The doctor watches via a Skype connection. And that blocks the hormones to the baby, and the baby dies. And then the next day at home, she takes the next set of pills, and that starts the contractions. Um, a saline abortion is a later-term abortion. I don't know if you know Melissa Odin. Um, she was actually raised in Storm Lake, Iowa. I've known her for many years, but her biological mother did an abortion a saline abortion on her oh my god mm-hmm. and she survived she lives in kansas city alive and well and has a family of her own and is truly a walking miracle but um it's where they inject a caustic substance into the amniotic fluid and it's supposed to burn and kill the baby and then you deliver the baby a day or so later tony how long have you been working in the pro-life movement um well, a couple of years that that I've um, when we say working, it's all volunteer. Just saying, any any of the folks here it's in Little a Rock, work. it's is, still work. Oh, it is it is work. Yes, it is. Um, but a couple of years with Forty Days for Life. Um, I mean, I've had pro life tendencies for for many years, but as far as really getting out there and and doing something about it, other than just a vote, and I say just a vote, that's really really important to to vote pro life. But uh, a lot a lot of people think. You know, I voted. I'm done. <laughs> what made there, you get so over, jump things. over the line from being on the sideline to getting into the arena? Well, I have a friend who said, hey, there's this thing called 40 Days for Life. And I want you to come out to the sidewalk and pray with me one day. And I thought, oh, that, that might be a little uncomfortable, but I'll go with my friend. You know, I trust her. I know her. She's not 
crazy. <laughs> so, right. you know, th- this, this is something that maybe I could do. And, and then being there that morning and, you know, seeing the, the women that go in and, and come out, uh, it, it just really affected me um, to, to want to help. I've been doing pro-life work for, go back to Nathanson. Mm-hmm. That'll take you a while back. Yeah. All right. Uh, I started down in Texas, and I remember when I first got my little feet, and I put them on the, my my uh, my suit. And if you don't know what the little feet are, ask somebody. They'll tell you all about them. But Nathanson was the man who brought us a video called Silent Scream. And you can see that suction tube inside the womb. And you can see, and there is no doubt in my mind, that that unborn baby is doing everything it can to get away from that suction tube. It's feeling the pain. It know it doesn't know what's coming. I mean, it's not that kind of cognitive cognitive reasoning. But still, if that doesn't change your life, I don't know what I I don't know why people like Milano and others, you know, want to rejoice over abortion. I don't get it. I just can't understand it. I think it's impossible really to understand that. And I've, I've been there. I mean, I've, I've done it uh, myself, been in the industry, but it's, it, they're just blinded. They're lost. You know, they need prayer. They need people like Tony out on the sidewalk yep. uh, praying, for, praying them. for them. And um, that's what saved me really and brought me out of there after all those years. It was just many people along the way planting seeds and, you know, saying, you seem like a nice person. Should you be working there? You know, kind of thing. So. All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We will do more with uh, Sue Thayer and, and Tony Blackwell. Got more questions for them. They'll have more answers. They may not make you comfortable. That's coming up in just a moment. All right, we got the second part of a two-part interview with Sue Thayer. Sue Thayer used to work for Planned Parenthood. Somewhere along the line, God got a hold of her, like God does. God does great things like that. Changed your heart, changed your mind, changed your life. And uh, now she's on the side of life. And Sue, we had a great segment just a moment ago. You talked about the abortions that you've seen, that you've taken part in. Let me just ask a, a question do women really, the ones that go to the clinics, really want to know what's happening? Do they really want to know what this is all about? I would say probably the majority of them do not. Um, they've decided for whatever reason abortion is probably the best choice for them um, without much thought. And the more they know about it, the less likely they are to choose abortion that's why in Planned Parenthood, we always turned the um, ultrasound screen away so she couldn't see the picture of her baby. We turned the Doppler down so she couldn't hear the heartbeat. Um, that's why pregnancy centers are so um, successful in saving lives because a, a large majority of women that see their baby on the screen end up choosing life. The abortion-minded ones will choose life because they realize it's it's human and it's alive. How how can a person go in, even, I mean, I understand, how do they not know that it's alive? I mean, do they think it's a rutabaga or something that's in their womb? I don't get it. 
It's just, uh, you know, convenience. They want to be able to finish school. They don't want their dad to know. I mean, whatever it is. And they block it. I mean, I had a woman one time that was there for a pregnancy test, and I called her back to the back, and she stood up, and her water broke. And she said, I had no idea I was pregnant. You know, it's like a denial kind of wow. thing mm-hmm, that wow. women can, um, and not not all women, but if, you know, if they're in a bad place and, uh, you know, they don't want to be pregnant, it's real easy to deny it and ignore it, and they don't want to know anything about it. So now that you're on this side and you sit and talk to women, how difficult is it for you? I mean, you've got all this information. You've You've been there. You've seen it all. Do the women even want to talk to you and discuss this? They do. Um, I love to wear like a pro-life shirt to the the airport, you know, or the mall. And um, the pregnancy center that we have in Storm Lake now, instead of having a a Planned Parenthood abortion center, we have a pro-life pregnancy center. But we have the Ronald Reagan quote on the back that says, I've noticed everyone Mm -hmm. who is for abortion has already been born. And that is a guaranteed uh, conversation starter doesn't always start out happy, but um, <laughs> <Can only> imagine. <laughs> people will come running typically to me and say, you know, my body, my choice. Who are you to tell me what to do with my body? Those kinds of things. Not but, your body. Yeah, well, there's two bodies there. Yeah. And so it's a great opportunity um, to be able to talk with them. And I'm at a point in my life where I've seen both sides and... I love to have that dialogue and that conversation because I just I just remember that it took so many times of people sowing truth into my life before I finally got it. And I might not see somebody actually stop and go, wow, I didn't realize that, say, a baby has a heartbeat at 20 days or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever tr- fact I'm trying to give them. But they may think about it later, you know, and may look something up online and be like, is that true what that lady said? Yeah. You know, so That's it's good. all a process. And I think as Christians and as pro-life people, we're really called to speak up and stand up, you know, like Tony's out on the sidewalk and all of her volunteers. That is a a high calling, really, to do that. Because I, I can tell you, when we had our 40 Days for Life in Storm Lake, I was absolutely terrified. And it is pretty scary the first time. Yes. And, you know, there's a lot of angry people in the world. And we're out there, you know, standing for Jesus Christ, and you just never know what people are going to say or do. And I would always take my kids with me. You know, we had a lot of kids out there. So we just have to trust God and, and know that he's on our side. Tell us a story about the Planned Parenthood that you worked for that is not open anymore. How did that all come about? Well, I I actually, one of the big things that saved me was Christian radio, Um, which is a great thing to share when I'm on the radio. But I discovered um, just a a station that we have in northwest Iowa, Kinship Christian Radio, and got to listening to them. I took a radio into Planned Parenthood, and I was listening all the time. And when they were going to be doing these webcam abortions, I knew that I needed to tell somebody, but I didn't know any pro-life people, and I didn't really know who to call. So I heard an interview on Christian Radio with Iowa Right to Life, called them, shared it, Um, Planned Parenthood knew that I was sharing information and I did end up getting fired went for two years and never said a word really um, publicly about it and finally God just convicted my heart and um, we ended up having a 40 days for life campaign and within a couple months of uh, finishing the campaign in November 
the Planned Parenthood there closed. And wow. it was amazing because while I was still there in 2008, I had signed a 15-year lease. And so I remember signing it thinking, well, this is job security because I'm going to be there through 2023. You know, right. it was a very <laughs> successful clinic. And then suddenly it closed and I just could not believe the way that God answered our prayers um, finally, my pastor said, you have to quit saying, I can't believe it, because this is what we prayed for. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, God is good. And uh, I've seen many people now as I travel for 40 Days for Life that say, I've prayed in front of the same facility for 10 years, and I've never, you know, do my prayers matter? I, you know, it doesn't close, and here I am, and it's snowing, or it's 105 degrees, whatever it is. But I know that I know that our prayers matter, both uh, in the heavenly realm, because God hears he may not answer the way we think or in the time that we want, but it also makes a difference to those people going by and, and the workers and the women going in. And I think I can say with all certainty at the end of my 40 days for life, I was never closer to God. I had no idea the personal blessing that would come because we get so busy and, you know, I'll, I, I pray, but it's like I'm in the car on my way, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll say a quick prayer and there, when you're in front of the abortion facility, right, all you can do is just pray and pray and pray. Mm-hmm. And it was such a blessing for me personally. I would encourage everybody to, to give it a try. So, Tony, let's swing it over to you. How do people get involved in all of this? Is it still time for them to get involved? Oh, my goodness, yes. Uh, we're just getting started. Um, the first day of the 40 days was Wednesday of last week, and we'll go through November 3rd, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning till 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, Our goal is to have folks out there in front of the clinic praying, um, and people can sign up by going to 40daysforlife.com slash Little Rock. Um, It's real simple. If if you you can get on the computer, you can do this. It is not hard. (laughs) Okay. For how long? How long does does people go out? An hour, a half hour, 15 minutes? How long? Generally, a commitment is for an hour at a time. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. How difficult is it to pray for an hour? <laughs> well, uh, actually, we've um, had a program at my church for a while, a Watchman a prayer group, and so praying for an hour is something that I've done. Um, but it, it, you, you don't have to keep your eyes closed and your knees you know, bent the whole time. You, you can pray looking around. You can pray for things, for the people that are walking right in front of you, for the folks that you know are already inside there. And um, God, God will bring things to your mind as, as you um, praise him for what's going on um that are positive and and bring those those needs to him as well do you get approached by very many of the people that are going to the clinic that work at the clinic um those that work there generally don't come out and and speak to us very often mm-hmm. um when we do it i mean we're we're not their favorite people you know so we get that you know um yeah um, the the clients that come in, you know, generally will say good morning, you know, as they they're walking up and you know be cheerful. And uh, I think I think the presumption from the general public is that we're standing out there to condemn those women. What are you coming in here for? And that is so not the case. Uh, I mean, we we want to steer them toward legitimate help for yeah. their, the crisis that they're in, which is not necessarily the pregnancy. The crisis is the circumstances surrounding it. You right. know. All right, give that address again so people can get involved. We're running out of time. Here. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, 40daysforlife.com slash Little Rock. Okay, 40daysforlife.com slash Little Rock. And then you can sign up there. This is time. You're, you're, if you're hearing this right now, it's God talking to you. He wants you to be involved. He wants you to 
be out there praying. You know, will you? Will you turn your back and say, I can't. I don't have the time. Sure you do. Sure you do. I want to thank both of you ladies for coming and sitting down and talking to me. Sue, thank you for your testimony. Tony, thank you for your work. We'll uh, talk more about this in the future. Thank you. to the 3 o'clock hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. There is a subject that is a very important subject that doesn't get enough coverage, and that is the coverage of veterans that are committing suicide. Because I think, uh, was it 2007 to now? Like 60,000 veterans have committed suicide. It's an enormous amount. And it begs the question, why? And why, if if treatment and things of that nature would help, why isn't the money being spent to help our veterans? Look, I'm a veteran, all right? I mean, why aren't we helping our veterans? And it's it's a it's a legitimate and a serious serious question. There is a group out there called Vets for Warriors. General Mark Graham is uh, the man who heads it up. And General, thanks for joining us here today on the Dave Ellswick Show. We appreciate it. No, Dave, thanks for having me and thanks for serving. Yeah, look, I'm I'm looking at this. In June of '03, your youngest son Kevin committed suicide. And then uh, to compound that, seven months later, your other son, Jeff, uh, died after being struck by an IED in Iraq. Uh, this, is, this comes very, very close to you. And uh, with the loss of two sons, one, two suicide, you've decided to do something about it. Uh, why don't you explain you know, where you started from and where you're at right now? Well, thanks, Dave, and thanks to your listening audience for, for listening in today. Um, I uh, retired from the Army at Fort Bragg, North Carolina in 2012 and um, had been working with mental health and doing that uh, as much as I could uh, besides being, doing my Army work. And then uh, when I retired, I wanted to do something to continue to help prevent suicides and 
in our veterans and military and their families and, and, and certainly for our civilian uh, civilians as well around the country. So I had an opportunity to come uh, come here to work at Vets for Warriors and to run Vets for Warriors, and I'm doing that. Uh, Vets for Warriors has been around since December of 2011. Uh, it's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week peer support line that's answered. Phones are answered live within 30 seconds by veterans. Uh, so we hire and train veterans so they're employees. We hire and train veterans to help other veterans, and we have a clinician here all the time. Uh, and uh, you can call for whatever you want to call about. And the, the peer support model we use is you contact us. We then reach back out and talk to you on a regular basis, and uh, we're with you during the journey. So whatever you're going through, let's talk. And uh, our goal is to get folks to call in early. Don't wait till you're at the point of crisis. We'd rather you call in early so we can work, help connect you to resources in your community anywhere in the country. Uh, to help you get on a path that's a good path and improve your well-being and resilience and and help so that you don't get to that bad point in your life. General Graham, uh, why don't you walk my listeners through a little bit why so many uh, vets are committing suicide? I mean, we have been in major wars since World War I, but, I mean, was the suicides as bad then and we just didn't know about it? Or is it a, a, a new phenomena that's raised its head? Well, David, you know, certainly an interesting question. And I'm a, I mean, I'm an Army guy, not a doctor or a serious researcher. So I don't know the answer. I know I, my personal opinion is, is I think it's always been suicide has always been underreported. Um, and I think that's been proven out. Uh, I don't know if, if it's if the percentages are higher now than they were in the past, because I don't think we really have good numbers going back that far. But it is a challenge, and what we want to know at Vets for what we want people to know at Vets for Warriors is you're never alone. 24 hours a day, you can call our number uh, and contact us. It's 855-838-8255. Uh, 24 hours a day, you can call and talk to a veteran. You can also go online on our website and do a live chat if you prefer, and we're on social media as well. So we want to make sure everyone out there that's currently serving that's ever served or their families can call anytime and talk to a veteran live. Okay, so this is available 24-7, phone, chat, text, email. I mean, from your perspective, is being able to have someone to talk to uh, a major mitigating factor? Does it turn people back from taking this drastic step? It, it does. And, um, and, of course, our goal is upstream before you reach the point of crisis but oftentimes suicides are split-second decisions. And if someone's got their phone number, for example, if you put Vets for Warriors in your contacts, since Vets the number four warriors, if you put that in your contacts and put our phone number in there, no matter you know where you are, uh, you can you can call that number anytime. So you're never alone. And oftentimes isolation, loneliness, and having those feelings are are really challenging times. Um, so we want to make sure people have the number to call when they need it or when they when a buddy needs it or a friend or a neighbor or a coworker needs it uh, anytime, day or night. We're a, a network that can connect you. We, we work to connect you to resources in your local community, whether it's mental health services, whether it's employment, whether it's family relationships, marriage counseling, whatever you're going through, finances, whatever you're struggling with, please don't wait. Call. It's a sign of strength, not weakness, to come forward and get help. Our guest is General Mark Graham with Vets for Warriors. The Department of Veterans Affairs released this report on Friday, and it showed that at least, at least, this is, I don't know whether it's a conservative number or 
You know, a stretch 60,000 veterans have died by suicide in uh, in nine years, between 2008 and uh, 2017. And there's not much going our direction in that we're making much of a dent in this. I mean, this, that's kind of scary, General, If you, if you when you look at those numbers. It's tragic. You're correct. And um, we work with the Veterans Crisis Line. So if a, a caller calls and they are suicidal, our clinicians make the decision whether we handle the call here or we transfer it to the Veterans Crisis Line. And if we do, we stay on the phone with the caller uh, or we handle those calls here. Uh, but the, the key we think and the key we see is the, uh, the sooner you can contact and get connected uh, to services and support, uh, the better chance we have of keeping more veterans alive. Okay, well, you, now your organization is a nonprofit, correct? Correct. All right. My question is, what's the VA doing about this? What What are our politicians doing about this? Is there enough money being spent on figuring out what the problem is here? Uh, Dave, I don't have a good answer to that. I would just tell you that we, uh, we're we working as hard as we can around the clock uh, to help. Um, and I know that uh, there's a lot of different organizations doing the same. So we're, we're a part of a larger group and uh, doing our part and our goal is to get folks to contact us so we can connect them to, to do our part to connect them to resources. And then we also follow up and talk to them. So we call back once a week uh, for the first 90 days and then every other week after that. And, uh, and the, the person calling us can decide how long they want us to keep talking to them. And, uh, and like I said, that we're on the journey with them. So we're going to work with them, whatever they're going through. Have you talked to the people of your organization uh, when these men and women are talking to these veterans? Are, are there some common denominators for them? What are some of the things that they're they're wrestling with? Yeah, I do, and 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 so uh, just so everyone on, in the audience knows, everyone that answers the phone at Vets for Warriors is a veteran. Uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, male, female. We have veterans from uh, Vietnam all the way forward to Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, the number one reason people call us is anxiety right now. Depression is the second reason. Post-traumatic stress is the third, and followed by isolation or loneliness, and then relationship uh, issues. Those are the top five reasons right now they're calling, and we track that periodically. And it, it changes and moves around often. Substance use uh, many times is, uh, is also a reason folks call us because they're struggling. And they're using that to help mask something else or... Uh, what they're going through. So we work with them on any of those any of those topics they call about, whatever they're going through. We tell them we're a stigma-free uh, line here. You call us, and it doesn't matter what you're calling about. There's no stigma here. We're all here to help. Is Are the people who work on uh, the phones, are they there, or are they across the United States, and, you know, the your line rings and their line rings, so to speak? No, we're all here in a call center together. Uh, that way, because all of our, you know, 70% of the veterans that work here are combat veterans. So uh, our veterans have all gone through a lot. The other thing that's important, I think, to know is uh, transitions are key. It's not just transitioning out of the military, but once you've transitioned out of the military, there are still transitions in your life. Oh, yeah. And while you're in the military, there are transitions. So uh, call whatever you're going through. If you're having a stressful time, if you're struggling, if you just need someone to talk to in the middle of the night, call. Talk to a veteran right here. We'll, we'll talk to you. That's what we're doing. All right, General Mark Graham telling uh, veterans that are listening right now, there's a place you can talk to somebody who will understand what it is that you're going through. Many of them may have walked through your, with, you know, basically in your moccasins before. 
All right, for people who, again, want to get in touch with you or maybe people who want to uh, give money towards your organization, where do they go do that? Uh, So you can call us 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 855-838-8255. Or you can go to VETS, V-E-T-S, the number four, warriors.com. All right, VETS, the number four, warriors.com. Dot com. General, thank you very much for uh, taking this job on. It's not an easy one, but uh, something tells me you've taken on tough jobs in your uh, your career before. Well, thanks, Dave. I appreciate it, and thanks for having us on the show. No problem. Thank you very much. We will uh, be in touch with you in the future. I'd definitely like to get him back on uh, and talk to him further. That's for warriors.com. That is a sobering number. Over, the, over nine years, from 2008 to 2017, at least, okay, and they don't have an exact number, but at least, there's at least this many, could be more, 60,000, repeat that again, 60,000 suicides by, uh, you know, by veterans. That, that, that's unconscionable that we're not doing more about it. And I'm glad that groups like Vets for Warriors are there to try to plug up, you know, trying to fill, you know, put some fingers in the dike, so to speak. But I sure like to know what our VA is doing with this. Uh, and are they, and evidently it sounds like there's not enough being done uh, to address this problem. Vets. V-E-T-S, the number four, warriors.com. All right, come back. I've, I've put it off. I can't put it off any further. We're going to have to talk about it. Uh, Chris Corbett should be here any moment. He's on his way from Conway, and uh, we're going to talk about all of this impeachment stuff. I've got tons of sound for you to listen to today here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You know, did you know you could be losing thousands of dollars in hidden fees and expenses every year? You know, there are ways that could help you keep that money for yourself. There's a new generation of annuities that could help you with that. Eliminate these unnecessary fees, pay you far more income, and protect you from stock market downturns. Learn how you could immediately improve improve your annuity with a free analysis from David Lucas Financial in North Little Rock. To get your free analysis, just call 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. What if you could eliminate unnecessary fees, earn far more income, and lower your risk? Again, that number, 501-653-6690. Annuities are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurance company. Advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial, Financial, a registered investment advisor. All right, so let's get to it. I promised you I had plenty of sound, and I do. I got a lot of sound. Uh, Adam Schiff, pencil neck. Did you hear what happened to him over to, uh, today? Uh, a uh, 
Republican congressman, I don't know if you remember this story. This happened a couple of years ago. Shift got pranked by some Russian radio DJs. They called him, got through to him, talked to him, and, uh, you know, they didn't have to fake a Russian accent. I mean, they had the real deal going. And Shift was started getting real interested in uh, this whole thing about, hey, we can uh, we can give you dirt on people about what's going on uh, in Ukraine in, in Ukraine the, in Ukraine. They were posing as Ukraine pol- a politician. That uh, and that uh, would he be willing to accept damaging anti-Trump information from this uh, Ukrainian politician? Shift was all in. He was all in. Uh, Gatz uh, Sunday yesterday tweeted an edited clip from uh, an eight-minute-long phone call. It comes as Republicans are pushing back at the House Democratic impeachment inquiry over allegations President Trump pressured the Ukrainian president into investigating the family of 2020 rival Joe Biden. In the clip, Schiff tells the Russian shock jocks who were posing as Andriy Peryavy, the former Speaker of Ukraine's parliament, that he would be willing to accept dirt on Trump from the Ukraine. Quote, so you have recordings of both Russian journalist Sobchak and Russian model and singer Olga Bazova, where they're discussing the compromising material on Mr. Trump, Schiff asked the callers posing as a speaker. Absolutely, one of the pranksters responded. Well, obviously, we would welcome a chance to get copies of those recordings, Schiff said. Later in the call, after he and the fake uh, Speaker of the House go on to discuss more details of the bogus allegations, the Russian radio host Vladimir Vovan and Alexei Lexis Stovarov who have close ties to the Kremlin, told Shift that the Kremlin had naked photos of Trump and that he could provide audio of Sobchak and Bozuva discussing the photos. They also told Shift that former Trump National Security Advisor Michael Flynn had met with another Russian to talk about how to prevent the photos from going public. Gets accused Sheft of hypocrisy for appearing willing to accept information from the Ukrainian government as his committee investigates Trump for advocating that Ukraine pursue an investigation that would have been likely politically beneficial to the president's reelection campaign. This comes as Shift and the House Intelligence Committee take center stage in the impeachment fight. As the committee is set to question Intelligence Community Inspector General Mike Atkinson coming up on Friday, the committee also reached a deal for testimony from the whistleblower whose complaint set off scrutiny on Trump's call with Ukrainian President Zelensky shortly before 
which he put a hold on $400 million in military aid. While Schiff does not appear to question the veracity of the pranks, callers assumed identity on January of 2018. His office said they did not simply take the prankster at their word. Har, har, har. Can I laugh at that? Yeah, he did. I'll get a copy of that, that, uh, that uh, edited call, and we'll play it back for you. That's shift, all right? This is a guy who's supposed to be going at this with no pre, pre you know, set up belief system. Do you believe that, uh, Chris? Hey, thanks for having me on the show. No, I'm loving having you. Know, we're going to talk politics You're talking today, about Representative Schiff? Oh, he, yeah. Whether he's unbiased? Yeah. Oh, heck no, he's not unbiased. <laughs> oh, please. It's just too good. It's too good. I, I'm going to forward this to you, uh, Zach. I'm sending it to you right now. And uh, Let's see. Hold on now. I'm getting it. And then it get it to you. And if you would put it into our system, we'll play that back. So people could hear how, you know, Shift supposedly wasn't buying into this all the way, kind of crazy stuff. We'll talk about it more when we come back uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Right now, though, we got to get to the news. That's coming up right now. All right, back with you. I sent that information over to... To Zach, he's taking a look at it. Just pulled a little piece out of there, uh, Zach. That's uh, shift talking to the to the guys. I mean, I don't need all that other just superfluous music and all of that that was included in the, in in the uh, the tweet that was sent out. But it's from a, an actual uh, recording made of two Russian DJs. Uh, you know spoofing representative Schiff, who's from the 28th district in uh, congressional district in California. It's right to the North of LA. Right. And, uh, him saying, yeah, give it to us. Yeah, we'll take all of that. And then you look at what uh, Schiff said, you know, it's unconstitutional to be taking that kind of information from people. I'm going to ask you, Chris, to flip around there so you're looking at the camera so oh, people don't look at the back been, of your head the whole time. I thought time. you'd been banned. No, no. You're no, back. I was, but I'm oh, back. Yeah. Nice. We, we've you're come out, back now. I'm, I may be banned. Channel. I may be banned before the end of this show. <laughs> now, that's possible. I was getting all comfortable. I didn't think you were on Facebook. I'm just saying that, that's possible. Okay, so Hugh Hewitt went after Adam Schiff today. Uh, you know, basically saying he's destroyed his credibility by essentially saying, uh, hey, he's guilty. Now let's do the trial to prove that he's guilty about President Trump. Here, right. let's listen to what Hugh Hewitt had to say. She was like 10. Uh, she was like 10. But the, the, the most important thing that was said this morning thus far is Adam Schiff came on mm-hmm. and he went full Alice in Wonderland, Queen of Hearts. Verdict first, trial later. I believe he destroyed his credibility this morning on this show as a fair arbiter of this process. The key other thing about is there enough time is there a middle that middle is tired of investigating president trump it has gone on for two years and the most 
interesting part of the Nancy Pelosi decision to go for a fast impeachment is the implicit but very real concession that the Mueller report had no impeachable offense, no obstruction, no collusion. It's gone. They have erased it from the record. So Adam Schiff is biased, and Nancy Pelosi has admitted that Mueller exonerated Trump. There you go. That's, that's about it. Yeah. Well, here's the key. It, this is supposed to be about that phone call to the Ukraine. Chris, everything I've heard this weekend, everything that I've read today is the Democrats out again, like they did in the Russia probe, sending out thousands of subpoenas to people. I mean, Giuliani has now been subpoenaed. Pompeo has been uh, subpoenaed. They're subpoenaing a whole lot of other people. It's supposed to be about what happened in Ukraine. This is not supposed to be... Just, uh, uh, to use the president's words, a witch hunt or a fishing expedition. It is, Dave. Every time you look up, they're, they're, they're trying to knock. They're just attacking the man. They're trying to knock him down. They won't attack him on his agenda because his agenda is doing, doing well for the economy. Yes. The economy's killing it, right? Interest rates are down. People are building. People are borrowing money. And uh, so they, they're choosing to attack him personally. In uh, in some kind of trumped, I mean, literally, it's trumped up for Trump trying to. We're, we're going to impeach you on what? Right. What he did was not illegal. Oh, he's a you know he's a gregarious guy. He gets along. He's talking. What he did is not illegal. If if they're looking for some illegality, it's not in that phone call. Okay. Well, former Attorney General Michael McCasey said. Exactly that. And we've got that sound for you. Here's cut number five. Michael Mukasey, you are a voice that is independent and we can trust. Did the president do anything wrong here that the American people need to understand? Wrong, you mean illegal? Yeah. No. He suggesting that he was talking to a foreign leader about getting information that might be useful to him in 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 an election is probably indiscreet. It is not as far as I know, unlawful under any statute that I'm... There you go. It might have been indiscreet, okay? But it's Trump, for God's it's, sakes. Yeah. How old is Trump? Was 72, yeah. 73? Yeah. He's just, you know, he's he is what he is. Man. That's exactly right. He is what he is. And it served him well till now. So he's not going to change. Yeah, the and, swamp is after yeah, him Yeah, full big disclosure, time. I, I voted for him. I'm conservative. Yeah, I voted and, for him and, as well. And um, I was for him from the get-go. And um, and some of my friends were like, oh, I can't believe you're saying you're for Trump. Why not? I was for for Cruz at first. Were you really? Yeah, I was a Cruz guy. And then uh, Trump defeated him in the primary at that point. He's the the standard bearer, and I'll I'll vote for him. Yeah. He is. Now, I'm going to be real honest. He has done better than I ever imagined that he would do. Yes, he's done well. I mean, seriously. He's taking the shots. He's getting him some battle scars. I mean, this is the first office he's run for, right? It was the top office. Yeah. And he wins it. The guy is a winner. Well, he won that. Uh, You got an economy that's blowing and going. Yes. And uh, if you get a couple breaks from the people at the uh, the bank, things of that nature, uh, it'd be blowing and going even harder right now. Oh, yeah. You know, and and we can get if we can get this kind of crap from happening, well, it, it'll it, continue to grow. Yeah, and if the Democrats would um, would lay off them, I don't know actually what they would do. I mean, what 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 else would they be doing? 
if they weren't attacking it. Well, there's some things they could do, like they could deal with the illegal immigration. Nice. You know, that might be nice that they would take care of something like that, change a few laws that need to be changed. Well, and and how simple. That they even agree with changing. How simple is that? They're, They're illegal. Right. Well, well pro- here's what they're proving, Chris. They cannot walk and chew gum at the same time. That's right. Because you can do more than this whole impeachment thing. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that, that, well, that trick's over with. It failed. Well, I think that that's what Russia was all about. Now we're going to do, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do Russia all over again. <laughs> so we're going to, this is Russia all over again. It sure is. When you start asking for all the phone calls that happened between the president and Putin. Yeah. That's Russia all over again. You know, maybe maybe it's some if I have to let's let's put our feet in their shoes for a minute. Maybe they're just trying to get him distracted. Maybe they're thinking, "Hey, we'll we'll, we'll come up with this stuff so it, it keeps him off his agenda." I I, have, I try to understand what they're doing. And and I don't understand what it, they're it's doing. It's hurting America is what it's doing. Yes, it is. I mean, you, there there's got to be a respect, a level of respect um, for the office itself, and um, to attack, they're not only attacking Trump; they're all, they're attacking the office. Is how I look at it. Now, Mark Levin mm-hmm. was on Fox and Friends, and he went after one of the Fox hosts. We oh, did. Over the, oh yeah, oh, I missed over it. The weekend. Now, this is about a six-minute cut that I'm going to play for. It's okay. five minutes. Okay, I want you to listen to this, Mark. Mark Levin is not a dummy. Mark Levin is a constitutional lawyer. Yes. He knows Likely. what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've met him a couple of times. He's a he's an upstanding guy. He doesn't like to do a lot of personal appearances. Every so often he shows up. He shows up sometimes at CPAC and things of that nature and sits down and talks to his fellow talk show hosts and stuff. The man is phenomenally smart. I mean, I'm just going to be honest with you. He's, I sit and talk to him, and I feel like I'm getting schooled. All right, that's just the way I feel when he's when he's talking. But here he is on Fox and Friends. Went wrong in the Oval Office. Go for it. Well, you know, Ed, I've been watching you and a lot of reporters, and you haven't once asked for the identity of the so-called whistleblower. Why is that? I want to know the identity of. I, well, I, don't know I want to know mean. the identity. Shouldn't the well, who's asking well, for? I've point out. Shouldn't I the American? Hold on now. Times, hold Mark, on now. That it's secondhand information, and so we'll that's find not out who the it same is. thing, Ed. It's not the same thing as saying. Let me do it this way. I'm an American citizen. If this CIA operative is going to be the guy that brings down my president, I want to know all about him. I want to know what kind of dogs they have, how many marriages they've had, if they have a DUI. I want to know if they're a partisan. I want to know everything, like they do with, the, with, with everybody else, the media. I want to know this guy should be cross-examined. What kind of a, a situation is this? We're going to bring down a president of the United States, and the Democrats are telling us we can't identify this guy because his life might be in danger? And then everybody ha- swings around his memo like it's the Bible. I have a lot of questions about his memo. I don't need press people interpreting it for me. I can read it myself. I want to question this person about his memo. And as you've been told, everybody now for the last two days, why is it that the CIA changed its whistleblower policy in August when this letter is dated August 12th? Under the former policy before August, under the former policy, he's not a whistleblower. This isn't a whistleblower complaint. 
and nothing sent to the United States Congress. How did that happen like this? Those One are other fair questions. Yet. So let's get to the point then. What happened in the Oval Office on that call? Was it illegal or not? Well, we know it's not illegal. What crime was violated? Can you name one? I'm not naming them. I'm saying others have suggested. Nobody's naming them. But well, I, no, no, it's instead not about we me. Have Hold on, Ed. Ed. It's not about me. It's not illegal. The question is what, whether Biden did something illegal. The president didn't do anything illegal. You know how I know? Because Nancy Pelosi's been on every TV show and she can't cite one section of the United States Code where it's illegal. My question is, why is Joe Biden above the law? Why is his son above the law? Where is Hunter Biden today? Where is the meat? Don't they want to know? Don't they want to know if the leading contender for the Democrat nomination is a crook? And if his son is a crook? Let me tell you about our president. We've had a special counsel with 2,800 subpoenas and 500 search warrants and 500 witnesses. And Ed, 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence by Mueller. We've had four Democrat senators. Three wrote a letter to Ukraine and said, you damn well better help Mueller investigate Trump. One pressured them the other week and said, you better not investigate Biden. We know that. What do we know about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden? Zero. So you're okay Zero. with a president you know asking about, another president to dig hold, up dirt on. on a candidate. You're okay with that. He's a former vice dirt president. Dirt on a candidate? What dirt are you talking about? He, the president of the United States. I'm not saying this he was didn't ask for illegal. It. But are I'm you asking the same? you, this is, are you okay right. with a president asking his counterpart, this is simple yes or no, to dig up dirt on former vice president Joe Biden and his son? Are you okay with that? First of all, your question is not honest. So I don't give yes That's or no quote answers. That's a quote from the transcript, Let sir. me finish, Ed. You have all morning. I have two minutes. It's not an honest question. That, show me in the transcript where the president said that. Well, I don't have it in front of me, nowhere, but there's a whole nowhere, paragraph where he asked the, about on, Joe Ed. Biden. Hold on. I'm really trying to question. talk to the he American asked about people. Joe Biden and he's, the president said. So what he asked about okay, Joe let me Biden? Is he, he said to ask about Joe Biden? Are, the president said a lot of people are wondering about the former vice president and his son's business deal. That's all I'm saying. There's no hidden it's question It's actually there. not the way so he put it either. Okay? What you ought is to do, okay? Ed. Ed, what you ought to do is rather than restating it, put a graphic up and read it. That said, okay, we'll do it. what's the problem, Ed? What's the problem with it? I didn't say there was a problem. I said. Neither did Democrats I. So the answer to your question is, so why is, is it no. Okay. okay. It's, what do you mean, why is it okay? There's a lot of things. The question isn't proven negative. The question is, it's not illegal. It's not immoral. It's not unethical. And if you guys in the media would do your damn job and ask Joe Biden and Hunter Biden what the hell's going on, maybe the president wouldn't have to raise the issue. Why is the president having to raise the issue? And by the way, he didn't raise it the way you said it. He said this has been raised, it was raised in the New York Times, it's been raised by Peter Schweizer and so forth, and nobody wants to look into it. Well, Mark, Why? instead now... Don't they have to raise the issue precisely because of the book you wrote that's over your left shoulder, Unfreedom of the Press? I mean, the press is entirely uninterested in the other side and instead bringing everything Pete, they can on speculation. We don't know anything. Pete, let me tell you what the press has done. They lied about a quid pro quo. They lied about the president raising this eight times. They've lied about the president asking for a favor, trying to talk. There you go. He goes on and, and names. How would you like to face him in court? Ooh, he's slick. <laughs> he's good. I mean, he listens to what you're saying, and he knows his facts, and he, and he, and he pegged that reporter. So that's not what the transcript says. Yeah, it's Ed, Ed, was it Ed Henry? I think it is Ed Henry, Ooh. Ed Harris. I can't think of his last name, but Ed, Ed is on the, the weekend on Fox and Friends. That was tough. Yeah, well, it was good. It was it was excellent. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a, 
A lot of things that you heard Levin say is really important to understand. That's why this is going nowhere. Well, they, they may get the articles of impeachment. McConnell said today that if they do, he's got to take them up. You know, I mean, right. that's what the, the, right. the, the Supreme Court, or not Supreme Court, but the Senate. the Senate has to do. Right. But here's the key. He's not going to be found guilty. No. No, that's right. And for the benefit of the, the listeners, Dave, they so they impeach in the House. That's right. And they convict in the Senate. They try. Right. They try. There you go. They try so, in, in the Senate. And the the head of the Supreme Court is the judge. That's exactly at the trial. right. That's right. Every branch is involved. So that's that's for everybody to understand. All right, we got to get a break in. I'm I'm late. I'm sorry, Zach. You forgive me. I, I want to hear you say it. I want you to say I forgive you, Dave. Oh, he's not going to. That means he really doesn't forgive me. A break. We got more coming your way. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And there's all kinds of stuff now being thrown up uh, about uh, the president and supposedly now. He called up uh, the prime minister of Australia, tried to strong arm him or, or whatever, and that the only reason people can't see him is because they they put this uh, they put the phone call record, the transcript, and all of that in a in a uh, like a, a lock box that only a few people can get to. Okay. To be honest with you, uh, Chris, there's been more leaks out of this administration than any administration I have ever seen. Right, which makes me wonder who picked the workers there, and some maybe we got some leftovers. I I don't know. I don't know exactly how it is, but the bottom is there's leaks. So I'm like Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan over the weekend uh, said that the administration should be putting everything on a separate server so that nobody can get a hold of it. Jake, all three of us are on the oversight committee. We probably deal with more whistleblower complaints than any committee in Congress. Um, so when a whistleblower comes forward, you typically look at two things. Two things matter most when you're trying to determine whether it's credible or not. First, do they have first-hand knowledge? And then second, what is their motivation? Do they have some kind of bias? This individual has concerns on both of those accounts. They had no first-hand knowledge, and we know they had political bias. I think that factors into how we evaluate this thing. And the idea that the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, the day before she sees any evidence, before she sees the first-hand account, i.e. the transcript, is already saying they're moving towards impeachment, that tells us everything. Why do you think, if, if he hasn't done anything wrong, by your estimation, by what you've seen so far, why do you think the President felt the need to hide this communication, to, to make it in, you know, kind of not handle it the way that other, other presidents have done before, well, both Republican uh, and Democrats? So, so uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, the Senate did a report in the first five months of the Trump administration, there were more leaks about foreign policy, more state secret leaks than in any other administration. Trump hires bad people, I guess. No, no, no. This, this, is, this is the... This is the deep um, state. Right. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying there, are, there, are, there was a guy who worked at the FBI who ran the Clinton investigation, ran the Trump-Russia uh, investigation, said, don't worry, Lisa, we'll stop him who said Trump should lose $100 million to zero. That's a little bit biased, I think. And the inspector general said he shouldn't have been leading the investigation. So, um, yeah, I think they should be putting everything on this server. Holy cow, have you got that many leaks happening when you're trying to conduct foreign policy and do the business as commander-in-chief of the country? I think they should be putting them all on that, that, that select server. Yeah, see, I, that's the way I look at it. Well, he, he brought I mean, up two good points. Anon it's anonymous, right? It's, yeah. Or, or, do they even know who it is? Who the whistleblower is? Evidently, Schiff knows who it is. I guess 
there's a few people who know. He's saying that the whistleblower is going to testify in front of uh, Congress. That will be the ultimate circus. Well, you know, let, let's accuse, let, let's uh, just imagine for a moment that the accuser does testify. The question is, does that accuser have firsthand knowledge? No. Right? Does he know? He does. He does not. Right. We know that for a fact. Uh, the complaint says he ha- he did not have firsthand knowledge. It should be over with right there. I mean, it, it should have gone no well, further. And that's where this whole thing comes up about August. Just before the whistleblower's complaint came out, they changed a rule that said that you could not send a whistleblower complaint up to the House unless it was, you know, a first-person knowledge. Right. They changed that just before this guy came up. Kind of... That's that's fishy. That stinks. Yeah, it does. That smells bad. Yeah. Big time. Right. Big time. And then uh, secondly, as he said, as Jim Jordan said, you're not supposed to, uh, you know, you're supposed to look, did guy have or gal, whoever is the whistleblower, uh, did they have, uh, you know, an axe to grind? Right. Some bias. And evidently, yes. Yeah. Like with some weird motivation behind it. Yeah. Like they don't like Trump. I hate him. You know, whatever. You know, the bottom line is both of those now are out there. No first-hand knowledge, and this person didn't like Trump. By the way, let me clear something up real quick. I got 45 seconds. You've heard the story from CBS News that the whistleblower has had to be put under special protection, federal protection for their life. The lawyer for the whistleblower came out and said, that's a, that's a lie. That's a false story. There's no truth to that story by CBS whatsoever, his client is not under federal protection. Huh. There's all kinds of bull out there. It's just like what Levin said. For a while, remember, they said eight times. Yeah. He talked to the Ura- uh, Ukrainian right. president and, and asked him. He asked once. Well, yeah, that, that gives credibility to the guy if he's under protection, right? Supposedly. Is that, is that, does that give him credibility? Or is he... Or is it? Or he's been important. Yeah. Therefore, he needs protection. Unbelievable. Yeah. We got more to talk about. Chris Corbett is here. We will spend the next two hours having fun with this. Hope you'll stick around here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Some of you are lucky. You're heading home right now. I tell you what, uh, Zach. When you uh, when you get that piece that I sent you uh, dealing with shift, if you'll just edit out 
some of the superfluous stuff. Use the very beginning where the where Schiff makes his statement about the president digging dirt and how that's so terrible and everything. Then right behind it, just uh, uh, bring up the, the the phone call that he had with the two Russian DJs that he didn't know that they were pranking him, and they said that they had told him that he they had pictures, naked pictures of uh, of Trump, and uh, Schiff saying, "Yeah, you got those phone, you got that stuff." Yeah, we'd be interested in that. That yeah. is too funny. Yeah, we'll we'll play that for you here in a second. I got that uh, as well. We got all kinds. We got all kinds of stuff today. <laughs> By the way, Robert Steinbach not here today. Uh, it's Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish New Year. That's right, and uh, that's why he's not here. I uh, I sent him uh, a little Hebrew. Uh, I, I actually sat down with Lexicon and, and figured out how to say Happy New Year using Hebrew. Nice. And I sent that to him today. Awesome. And he, he sent me two thumbs up. <laughs> I got it. I got it right. I feel you pretty good. good. I, I got it right. So I'm, I'm happy about that. But it's a, the Jewish New Year. That's why he is not with us uh, today. That's why Chris is here. Although Chris is welcome here at any time. Thanks for having me on, Dave. All right. Now, so... He was going to be here at 2, but he couldn't get here at 2 because, just so you'll know, uh, he was doing lawyerly work. I was. Actually, uh, was it lawyerly or engineering? Engineering. Doing okay, engineering Okay, because you work. do both. I do. That's right. Designing a masonry That's why you're wall. so expensive. That's why you're so, I was going to say expensive. <laughs> That's why you got, I'm going, to run a, I'm going to run a Google on you to see how much you're worth. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> <laughs> Last, I was watching, uh, what was it, uh. Halloween Wars on yeah. on the the Cooking Channel or whatever. Oh, yeah. I love that 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 series yeah. of bakers. You know, because yeah, oh, they, they make some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. And they got the the, the pumpkin carvers and all that oh, kind yeah. of crap. I was watching. It. Guess who the who the uh, the big uh, surprise judge was the the who celebrity was judge what was it Cassandra Peterson. Really? Who's that? See, I, I knew you is. would know. I used her real name. She's known by. Elvira. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, fantastic. I didn't. Re- Dinner you, in a movie. You know, do you know what she is? Yeah. The, what was it? The macabre. What was it? Uh, something macabre. Movie macabre. Wasn't that what it was called? Her oh, show? Oh, man. From about 82 until yes. 2014 or something. Anyway, she. Uh, she come on and give commentary between the movies and stuff. Yeah. And it was hilarious. Oh, it was great. It was I remember. I could picture her in my. I mean, well, first of all, the blouse was nice. Right? Yeah. And yeah. The hair was cool, and the makeup and was awesome. I remember Vampira. Do you remember Vampira? I do not remember that. Okay, well, she was she was another TV type person like uh, okay. Elvira was. Uh, both of them had to have based their dress on on Morticia Adams. Interesting. I think that that's what they did. But Vampira uh, sued. Uh, oh, I didn't know about uh, Cassandra Peterson saying that she was stealing her gig, and uh, was found out that no, that was not the case. All right, so she was allowed to go on. Why was her dress the way it was? Well, let me give you. A, it, I'll give you a back. I'm, I know a I lot. I know it. I've met her before. All right, oh, really? Peterson, oh, she's I've met awesome. her. She's a she's a nice lady. Uh, she's a couple of years older than I. She's huh? going to be. I think she's sixty eight. She's going on sixty nine. And she, and she don't look that. I mean, my wife did that, say last night. Wow, she's got a lot of makeup. I said she's got <laughs> pancake on, baby. Keep those keep those wrinkles from showing. Right. But I, I I said 
and she's got a probably heavy duty bra. But the bottom line was is yeah. that when she was like five, I think she pulled a boiling pot of water on herself. They were boiling oh, eggs, gosh, and like she, on the stove, and yeah, and it, and it poured on her. And it, oh man, she had third degree burns on thirty eight percent of her body. Did not know that. You ever notice her dress has slid up the side? Yes. And it's cut down in the front. Yes. I and they've got long the, sleeves. The long sleeves. Covers up where she was burned. No kidding. Yeah. And her real name's Cassandra Peterson. Peterson, yes. Wow, Elvira's the epitome of cool. I thought she was cool. Oh, she was always cool. Yeah. And it was funny. Oh, it was great. Always funny. She, she was entertaining. I mean, you could watch her or you could watch Sven <laughs> Who would you rather watch? <laughs> If you're a teenage boy, yeah. Elvira. Elvira. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no doubt about it. You're going to watch Elvira. All right. So anyway, what's going on right now, of course, is the whole impeachment thing. I think there's it's a bunch of hooey about nothing. It's, it's going to be a redo of the Russian investigation totally. all over again. You're not going to get you're not going to hear anything new. I'm just telling you there. You're not going to hear anything new. Uh, I've, I've got a lot of stuff from people to play for you today. Uh, we've already played Mark Levin. I may play that again before we get to 6 o'clock. i got Ken Starr today for you to hear Harmon Dillon uh, today. Um, uh, we've got uh, Congressman Darrell Issa today about the whistleblower complaint being the illegal leak. Uh, and i got a great one for you. You're going you're to love this one. I've got John Voigt. Oh. Now, John Voigt's a Republican. Yeah, he may be taking some heat from oh, Hollywood. Oh Let me tell you something. Yeah. He was on my show at the, um, back when in Tampa at the Republican National Convention. Okay. Came by, sat down, did 45 minutes on the show. Nice. And I, I was talking to him, and it was funny because he's one of my favorite actors. Oh, yeah. Coming Home and, and all the other great movies that he's done. And I was naming off his movies just off the top of my head. And he yeah. looked at me. He says, let me all tell you all something. And there's a bunch of people around us, TV people. Their microphones are hanging down over us. This guy ain't BSing about being a fan. He knows my <laughs> movies. And we were talking about them. And, and, and I asked him some questions about the movie. But he, he is a real conservative. A lot of people don't realize, he, you know, he's daddy of angelina jolie uh, oh no i didn't know that oh you didn't know that i didn't know yeah that. that's his daughter oh nice. and uh i asked what was their conversations at thanksgiving like <laughs> and he interesting said, he said they can get interesting at times they can yep. get hot bothered yep. but uh interesting he went off to here let me play it for you all right let's play, it. Let's play, play it. this early here's john voigt on uh television yesterday this is cut number 14 War. This is war against truths. This is a war against the highest noble man who has defended our country and made us safe and great again. Let me stand with our president. Let us all stand with our President Trump in a time of such evil words trying for impeachment. This is a crime that the left are trying to force. This is a disgrace by such ignorant followers that have no truth of what truly has been brought back to our country. We have gained greatness. We have gained jobs. We have gained more than any president has promised. This radical left 
are destructive. Their codes of what is supposed to be are corrupt with lies, deceits, and anger. And we ask why? We ask how can a human being have such anger toward the greatness of our country's glory? I'll tell you why. Because for so long their anger has been growing and with such deep pain, with no open heart of loving and seeing the truth. The truth of what truly matters is the productivity of what was promised and what we, the American people of the United States, were promised and have received. And what does the radical left do for such greatness? They want to destroy. They want civilization to be run like a corrupt ring. I say stand now with Trump, let truth prevail, and may God show all the truth, that we are truly a nation stronger because of our president. The left are afraid, for their power is lessening with every deal that is accomplished by Donald Trump. In the name of God and his power for this nation, let us stay strong and without such evil among us. God bless. All right. Wow, that was powerful. Yeah? That was heartfelt. Pretty good, huh? Powerful. I like John Voigt. I enjoyed hearing that. I like John Voigt. Oh, yeah. Hey, save that one, Zach. That's one to be saved. And that Man. way, I, when I want to hear it again I, oh, and, yeah. be, and be a you know, lift it up a little bit. Oh, that was, that was from the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really is. He's good. He's really, really good. All right. Well, we got 17 after four. means we got to get a break in. Let's do that. And then we'll come back and we've got more. For, did you like that from John Voigt? I did. I liked that I a lot. He's cool, man. Oh, yeah. and, he, and he's a cool dude. I'm just oh, telling yeah. you, he was a lot of fun to, to talk to. But, uh, yeah, that was Voigt. And, uh, yeah, he was he was just laying it out. Ken Starr, Harmon Dillon coming up, and maybe even Mark Levin again here in the 4 o'clock hour here on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Chris Corbett here with me as well in the studio on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Okay, I'm getting the information for us here. We were, I was, we were talking about John Voight again. What can I tell you? It's terrible, I know. Uh, and he was in a movie. Which see, one? Let me see if you remember this one. Uh, Zach, because it's a it's a horror movie. Have you ever seen Anaconda? Yeah, he's in he's in Anaconda. Did you know that? Oh yeah, I remember now. He's Anaconda. great, Net. But I was just looking; it had a great, great cast in it because you Ice know, Cube, Jennifer Lopez was, in, was it. in it, Ice Cube was in it, mm-hmm. Eric Stoltz was in it, Jonathan Hyde was in it, and a very young Owen Wilson. Nice is in it. That's right. And Carrie Worler is in it also. Danny Trio is in it. This is I mean, 1997. Yes. Great movie. A lot of fun. Anyway, you, look, you can't do my show. I, here's the thing. i got to explain this to people from time to time, Chris. My show is like listening to Jerry Seinfeld comedy. All right. <laughs> It is, it's a stream of consciousness. As you're sitting and you're talking, yeah. if something pops up, 
you you run it down and then you come back to what you were talking about. I like about. it. So we had to run down a little John Voight there because that was an important thing that John Voight had to say just oh, a moment man, ago. Oh, man, it was fantastic. It was really good. We got time to play um, Ken Starr, cut 10. It's like a six-minute cut, isn't it? Do we have enough time to get it in? Maybe. Okay, if we do it right now, here's Ken Starr. Whitewater Independent Council, Ken, start with us now. Ken, always good to see you. Why do you, why do you say that? Hey, thanks, Neil. Well, I say that because impeachment is doomed to fail, given what we know. Now, obviously, the facts are flowing in. In the history of the country, obviously, presidential uh, efforts to impeach do not work. That we know. But guess what? Of the 62 impeachment proceedings, 62 of the course of our hearings, Eight have resulted in convictions. Eight. This is not going to result in a conviction. And so why are we on the impeachment train? We should be on the oversight train and quit calling it impeachment, especially since there really is something quite profoundly wrong under our Constitution to call it impeachment, that we're on a formal impeachment inquiry. No, with all due respect, until the House of Representatives votes as a body to conduct an impeachment inquiry or investigation. There is simply action by committees that's been sanctioned by the Speaker. It sounds like a structural point, but guess what? We live by structure in our constitutional republic. So what would change, Ken, if they'd had a vote on whether they wanted to proceed to that next step? Because what they're doing now is leaving it to a half a dozen committees, largely, of course, the House Judiciary Committee, to, to get this ball rolling. What would change doing it the way you say? First of all, there would be a formal uh, action by the House resulting in, if there's any court fight, then a federal judge or a court of appeals or the Supreme Court knows this is the action of the People's House, not of the Speaker saying, I hereby smile on what these different oversight committees are doing. It would also have the practical effect of centralizing the inquiry as opposed to this balkanized approach that seems to be getting underway in the House Judiciary Committee, as we saw uh, in the uh, Clinton uh, inquiry uh, years ago. You know, I'm getting a lot of Democrats like to point out, you know, when the Nixon hearing started, and that, you're right, I mean, that start out with the House vote to proceed. Um, I think it was seven out of ten Americans thought it was a waste of time, that it was a party cabal piling on Richard Nixon as the hearings right. ensued through the course of the summer. There were revelations, discovery that there was a taping system in the White House. You know that history far better than I. And, and the tide turned, and that's what Democrats seem to be counting on this go-round. What do you think of that? Well, that's right. But the tide turned when it became clear that there were uh, White House tapes, as you said. And right. by the way, that was not revealed by the House Judiciary Committee, but by an oversight committee, the Senate Select Committee. But leave and that, by the way, that uh, was somebody just blurted well, it out in the course of remarks, right? I mean, but go ahead. Of a, yeah, well, in the course of a, of a deposition, that's right. how that came to be known. We now know the basic facts, or at least we think we know the basic facts, because the president, wisely or no, released the transcript. That's what this is all about, the interpretation of that conversation that the president had with the president. But is there anything in that transcript, Ken, that troubles you? Forget about it being impeachable or not. Uh, you know, kind of trying to get out of another foreign leader essentially dirt on a potential opponent in right. the next election. Now, I don't know whether that warrants a high crime misdemeanor. You're the expert. I'm not. But as I've told you, I watch no. a lot of legal shows, so I think I am. But <laughs> what do you make of that? That, that is that 
without making light of it. Is that something that, that, that bothers you? Yes. Uh, I think what the president said, he used a word that was very, very wrong. Uh, reci reciprocity. We need reciprocity. I'm embellishing even on that. Right. But that's not a crime. That's not a crime. I think it's poor judgment by the president. He should not have done that. So he is making the tie. And I don't think it's a crime. And I think that's the better view. I know people are saying, oh, that's a crime. No, it's not. But even if it is, guess what? The Clinton investigation and impeachment tells you, you can be guilty of perjury. There's no suggestion of perjury. You can be guilty of obstruction of justice. There's no obstruction of justice. And we're still not going to remove this individual from office. Once again, the president has taken action that reflects his instincts, and sometimes his instincts get him into trouble. And it's very unfortunate. So, yes, I was troubled by that. Okay. When you look at the entirety, and I've studied the transcript very briefly, the whole transcript is about, hey, this is great. We're working toward honest government together. We're collaborating. And here's something that's very, I think, unfortunate in the revelation of this, and that is lots of criticism by both of these leaders, our president and the president of Ukraine, of Angela Merkel by name. Emmanuel Macron, by name, of the European Union. These are confidential conversations. Yeah, that's the collateral so the damage Yeah, that comes to light right. when this comes to light. Ken right. Starr, uh, right. always good to have you. Thanks for coming in on a Saturday, no less. Hey. good seeing you. Yeah, there you good have Good to see you. See, there's the key, and we talked about this earlier uh, in our conversation, and that is, you know, the, uh, the committee wants, the, the, this uh, House committee, Intelligence Committee wants the conversations between the president and the president of uh, Russia, Putin. Who else they want? Who knows? These other presidents probably don't want their conversations made public because they, they feel like they can talk freely. And with that in mind... Uh, the last thing they want to do is to get let that stuff get out there. We'll talk more about this. This is important stuff when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so we had Ken Starr. How about uh, Harmet Dillon was on uh, Fox Business News over the weekend with Lou Dobbs uh, talking about this impeachment inquiry. I'm, I'm trying to give you as much information as I can so that you can understand this is nothing more than a whole lot of nothing. It's like, you know, meringue tastes really good, but it's basically just sugar and air. That's right. It's but, good, though. Yeah, but it, it's meringue good. good. The problem with, with this is that it's 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 a whole lot of nothing that's not good for our country. John Voigt was really exceedingly right on He was dead about on. What he he said. was dead on, Dave. We, we talked about it just off air. Maybe maybe we just Trump should just acquiesce and say, go do it. Go, go impeach me. Go try to impeach me and watch it blow up well, in their they're going to try. They're going to try to do it no matter what the president does. He's just fighting back as right. he, because that well, he's, a, he's a New Yorker. Yeah, he's a fighter. That's just the way he is. Okay, but here's Harmet Dillon. She uh, is a uh, legal expert. Take a listen. Uh, I, I want to turn uh, to a development uh, that is really very interesting, uh, and I know that you've been checking out because we discussed it today, but uh, the Federalist today publishing the story that the intelligence community 
secretly, this whole thing is based on a quote-unquote whistleblower for our audience, uh, uh, the intel community secretly gutted the requirement of first-hand knowledge on the part uh, of the whistleblower. And that right. happened so mysteriously just before that complaint was filed. That's right. So what we have learned from this today's reporting by a couple of different sources, including the Federalist, is that the forum used to require as recently as, you know, months ago or at least last year, that the uh, complaint be firsthand knowledge, in addition to a number of other obligations, that it has to be not a matter of uh, differences of policy. It has to be, you know, some very specific criteria. It seems to be clear that it doesn't even cover the president. It only covers the ha stuff that happens in, in the intelligence community. And the new form, which is published on the website of the um, DNI for whistleblowers, and it's marked August 2019, so last month, that around the timing of this whistleblower complaint, has eliminated that first-hand knowledge requirement. And you see that reflected in the current oh. complaint. It is full of second-hand, third-hand gossip, press reports, and more. Forgive me for interrupting, but I want to show, yeah, sure. share with the audience uh, a number of the expressions uh, of the whistleblower. If we could uh, see that full screen, please. Uh, amongst the expressions, I have received information from multiple officials. Officials have informed me. Officials mm -hmm. with direct knowledge of the call informed me. I was told by the White House, by White House officials. And on and on it goes. Right. It reads mm -hmm. like the most preposterous uh, document. Right. In point of fact. This has always been a requirement. There be firsthand eyewitness attestments accompanying that complaint. And That's this right. could a... be. This could be. I heard a rumor, uh, so I thought I'd share it with you. And please proceed. I, I don't see any other way to deal with it. Do you? No. There, so there's a very good reason why we were. I mean, I'm getting ready for trial next week. There's a very good reason why we require firsthand knowledge and firsthand eyewitness testimony on these types of things because it's the most credible and most close to the facts. But more importantly, uh, the, the type of complaint that we're talking about today could not have been made under just you know last year or even earlier this year's rules. I think it's very significant that those rules were secretly, surreptitiously changed. And think about the implications here, Luke. Secretly changed. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, it really is. Let me ask you, Chris, you're, you're a lawyer. Right. If you, go, if you went to uh, trial and your witness is on the stand, okay, and uh, the, we'll just say the, def the defense right. is asking them questions about what they saw, and they say uh, things, well, yeah, I really didn't see it, uh, but this person that I know saw it. What's, what would you say? You object immediately. Yeah. This would be Here's totally, say. totally thrown out. And you know, lawyers are trained to say when when, the, when you've got a witness on the stand, even your own witness, you cringe when your own witness says something like, "I heard." Mm -hmm. I, wait a minute, you heard it from who? Who said it? Now, if the defendant said it, that's a different matter, right? Right. But that's not what this complaint is saying. You, this wouldn't hold up in a criminal trial or a civil trial. And definitely, and then we're talking about crime, you know, potentially high crimes and misdemeanors. Yep. So this isn't a civil matter. It's going to be a criminal matter, right? So did 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 what this guy hear or see, did he have firsthand knowledge of Trump doing something? No, his complaint doesn't even say any of that. It should have been thrown in the trash, Dave. I mean, it's just crazy that, that, that someone would waste time on this. Pelosi would try to uh, say he's 
committed a crime before even uh, holding a trial. And that's what Pelosi's done. And and to bet the you know, bet the farm on it. Oh man, because it's important. Let's go back and talk about what Ken Starr said. Yeah, they haven't voted on whether they want to truly try to impeach this. That's president. right. So literally, what Pelosi is saying right now is, we're doing this because I want it, those committees to to get together. Right. Uh, that is ridiculous yeah let's talk about get together on what get together on this complaint mm-hmm. oh that there's surely there's some rational democrats that look at this and go all right guys this complaint's hogwash the guy doesn't know what he's talking about he didn't see it he's saying what he thinks he heard or what he thinks happened it needs to be thrown in the trash how often for instance uh, in in a in a case in a civil case or a criminal case, if there is no firsthand knowledge right. about what occurred, yeah, what's the chances of a conviction? Zero. I mean, literally, the prosecutor would look at it and say, "I can't take this case to trial." Literally, I, I the prosecutor would make a choice. It's the prosecutor's choice too. But it's not the so judge. So this is Pelosi's choice. Then, yeah, so because she's the prosecutor, basically. I guess she. Yeah, she. She would, and if you know, if you look at it and say, "I have enough evidence here to to convict," well, go for it. But if you don't, you're going to look like a fool. Honestly, if you don't have the evidence, you look. You're supposed to make an evaluation of it and say, "Okay, this doesn't rise to that level." So, with that in mind, you might consider what. The Speaker of the House said over the weekend when she was asked about what happens if this ends up blowing up in their face <laughs> and they lose a bunch of seats in the House and they lose control of the House. And she said, it's still worth it. And I'm thinking to myself, wow. That's, that's that's a person's willing to fall on their sword for nothing, right? Nothing for a for a conjecture in your mind. Come on, yeah, that doesn't make any rational sense. No, it does not. It's not and logical. Here's the other thing: it's dragging this country through all kinds. Well, and that's what of, you ought to, a bad time. That's what you need to look at. How, is this going to affect the country? Is this going to waste the president's time? And and it, it really is. I mean, you, look how much money was spent on the Mueller report. Look how much time was wasted on it. So they want to do this again. This is uh, round two. Are we up for round two? Because let me tell you, round one, Trump won. Yeah. Right. Round, round two, and and how much, how much bad blood? Yeah. Did it cause? Oh man, a lot. So yep. maybe Jeffers, it was not so far, the pastor down there was the First Baptist in Dallas, whatever. Yep. He made a statement that there will be a Civil War-like fracture if Trump is impeached. Now, he's not saying that we're going to line up on the streets and start right. shooting at each other. He's just saying there's going to be a huge, huge, uh, well, I can't use a better word than fracture. Yeah, There's going well, to be a, a chasm between yeah. both sides. Then. Well, and, and it's perfect, really, if you're a Republican, it's perfect, you're conservative. This is going to play right into Trump's hand. This is what got him elected. People are fed up with it. They're just tired of it. 
the lies and the deception. Ooh, the lies. Yeah, and and that's and there's another part of this everybody has to consider is that Nancy Pelosi and all the members of those committees, the heads of those committees, Shift and yeah. Cummings and all and Nadler and all the rest of them have been told to do this post haste, do this quickly. Oh man, that's a red flag right there. Yes, it is. That's a red flag. If you're going to rush something, why rush it? Wait a minute. Let's take hold up. Time limit. I'm out. If there's a time limit, you want me to do it fast? Then don't do it. Yeah, I mean, if there's someone's pushing a time limit on you, you got to be careful. Yeah, and I would be careful about what they're trying to do. Yeah. What are they trying to get past you? Right. Uh, you know, if you can rush, a rush to judgment, as you'll be told many and many a time if you go ever went to legal uh, school, is that not a good thing. No. Uh-uh. Usually get it wrong. <laughs> or leave something out. Yeah, or when miss it's a rush. miss some details. Yeah, which means that you end up going back uh, back to the uh, the court again and re uh you know have to go in and have the, the 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 whole trial over again oh man retry some hey listen uh senator lindsey graham on uh this weekend talked about the whistleblower complaint take a listen to what he has to say cut number four because it's still an american it. every american deserves to confront their accuser so this is a sham as far as i'm concerned i want to know who told the whistleblower about the phone call i want to know why they changed the rules about whistleblowers not the hearsay rule was changed just a short period of time before the complaint was filed the complaint uh sounds like a legal document who helped him who helped this guy write it or this girl write it we're not going to try the president of the united states based on hearsay every american has the right to confront their accuser there you go Lindsey Graham has got it in a nutshell. He named it in a nutshell. Why were the rules changed in in filing a complaint? Well, right, let's talk about that for a minute. Who did that rule change benefit? It benefited this this complaint that you don't have to have firsthand knowledge that you can use hearsay to uh, throw accusations around and then hand it off to Congress for investigation. So obviously, this rule changed um, benefited the Democrats. To make up this rule. Now, here, here's what's interesting, uh-huh. is that word that's leaked out, because we, we know that in Congress, House and Senate, there's no leaks. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. it leaked out that uh, the, the whistleblowers, former CIA, who changed the rules? Interesting. The CIA. CIA. So someone with knowledge of the rules changed the rules. I think that there's something even more insidious and deeper here we're we're talking about draining the swamp when you start draining the swamp and you got people that have worked all their lives in the government and i'm not saying they're all bad right but i'm saying that there's a lot of them that are bad and uh, they're there to do nothing but make a paycheck well and they're also they know the system dave they know that that rule is there Mm -hmm. so and here we have a potential complaint oh hold up before we submit this complaint let's change the rules yeah that looks like that. What's happened? That's, that's yeah, it's going to be interesting if they can get the hold of the people that Lin- know that. Ooh, yeah, Lindsey Graham's on. It's going to get interesting. It. Yeah, he really is. He's yeah. he's. There's questions that need to be asked, and we need legitimate answers. All right, we got 12 minutes till five. More coming your way. Chris Corbett here on the Dave Ellswick Show, 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, back with you. CNN's Tapper. I don't have this piece, but I just want. Let you know, he told Jim Jordan 
that you don't have to have firsthand knowledge to be a whistleblower. As of August 12th, that's correct. Before then, you had to have firsthand knowledge or they wouldn't even hear your complaint. Which makes sense, right? So who changed it? Well, we know somebody in the CIA changed it. Yep. And they did it secretly. How's that one for you? That's interesting. There's the investigation. Yeah, I would think that there needs to be an investigation, a look-see into that. But right. you think Adam Schiff is going to talk about that, going to look into it? I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Do we got that piece from Adam Schiff now? No. You got that ready? Okay, so we'll have it next hour. Okay, we'll have it next hour. I can't wait to play this for you because Adam Schiff said, you know, the president trying to get dirt on some other uh, candidate, blah, 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 blah. High crimes, misdemeanors, and wait till you hear what Schiff tried to do a couple of years back. It's a back. great clip. Yes, it is a good clip. It's, a, it's excellent. It goes back to show the hypocrisy of the left, no doubt about it. Uh, Congressman Dara Issa, he's all over about the whistleblower complaint. Here's what he had to say, cut number 13. Well, for a while, I thought that they had realized impeachment was bad. But I think Al Green from Texas, senior member, said it really well when he said, you know, essentially, we're going to have to impeach him because he might get reelected. I think the president's reelect numbers, the belief by the Democrats that they cannot beat him if unless they go further in impeachment. And when I say further, I suspect that there's a little bit of a we're going to do this inquiry to muddy him up and then we'll make the final decision about whether we have a vote that could or might not affect him and uh, and his reelect. But at the end of the day, they're still trying to impeach over a crime they haven't yet found out what it is. The latest one, of course, the president completely destroyed by simply releasing the transcript and saying, read the real transcript. It's, it's not something that you normally do, but he was forced to do it because of this illegal uh, leak. So what do you think, Chris? You think he's on to something here? You think that they really won't impeach the president, that they'll not even bring it to a vote to go to impeachment? They'll just have all of these hearings and they're going to try to, you know, sucker punch the president a whole bunch of times so that he's kind of punch drunk by the time the election comes around. Yeah, they, he said it. the reason right there. They're afraid of him winning the election because they can't beat him. Yeah, that was that's Congressman Green who said that yes. down in Texas. Who, that by the sense. way, I just want to remind everybody, go look up a, a picture of Congressman Green and tell me that he doesn't look like a Geico caveman. <laughs> he looks like a, when you I'm, said I'm, that I, I can see the Geico caveman. I swear to right God, now. he looks now like I'm a Geico look caveman. I'm yeah, that's burned in my brain now. T- I don't even know what he looks check, like. Check it at the top of the hour, <laughs> and then when we come back, you can either you can either say yay or <laughs> look at it, Zach. Look it up on your look it up right now, and you get on your microphone. You tell me if this guy looks like a Geico caveman or not. <laughs> It's Green. Last name is Congressman Green. You'll, you'll find him. From Texas. Texas. All right. Yeah. You'll, you'll get a picture of him. Wait till you see him. I mean, he looks like one of the cavemen with a suit on. He really does. It's amazing. Is it, oh, he's looking. He's smiling. <laughs> he's laughing. I'm right, aren't I? I am. He's saying yes. You know, you got, you got to say it because people think that I'm just making up. Well, what do you think? That is correct. It does look, <laughs> it does look like it. <laughs> 
I swore first time I saw that guy, I said, "My God, he looks like a Geico caveman." Well, maybe he's he's exposed the Democratic um, strategy. Let's beat him up. Let's 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 trump up some charges. Let's, uh, let's use deception um, and and try to take Trump down. It's going to backfire. Well, that's a, that's what ISA said. He said Green said. We got to impeach him now because he might get reelected. Yeah. And it, I think that they looked at internal polling, and it wasn't a might; it was uh, like an eighty percent for sure. Just a slam dunk, huh? Yeah. Well, I think so. Do you think America's ready for socialism? I don't. No, I don't think that they're ready for Medicare for all and free college tuition and all the things that they've been saying from the Democrat side. Yeah. At trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars, like I keep telling you, if you think uh, you know healthcare is expensive now, wait till it's free. Oh, yeah, it'll be high. Yeah, well, you better believe <laughs> it'd be high. It'd be and, high and for it's still everybody. Going up. And, and it's still going up. Yes, I hear from business owners that um, healthcare is going up. Yeah, I can look. I'm, I'm I'm getting a picture of green for you here. Hold on. He looks like a. Is that does he not look like a Geico caveman? Oh my god, it's the <laughs> eyebrows and everything. Man, I saw that here. I, I you probably can't, can't see it. On I Facebook. don't think we can show it on Facebook. <laughs> We're gonna try to zero in so you can see. He looks like a Geico caveman, he really does. Is might have, you might have just got him some work, second, <laughs> second job. I don't know if that's just make some money. I don't want that guy that's been playing the caveman to lose his gig, man. <laughs> All right. I don't want him to do that. Listen, we got to take a break. We come back. We got a lot more. Let's play Mark Levin next hour. Oh, yeah. That's good stuff. And let's play John Voigt again. Oh, John Voigt was wonderful. Got to play both of those again. If you've uh, missed uh, any of the show today, stick around. I'm going to replay a couple of the the stuff. Plus, we're going to have Adam Schiff in the next hour as well. And you don't want to miss that here on 101.1 FM, The Answer. Dave Ellswick show. Well, I wish we could listen to that. That'd be nice. Yeah, Brett Hume is on there talking about this thing now. And he's like one of my heroes. He was with ABC for years and years and years, and he left them because he said that they were slanted. No kidding. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does a great job on Yeah, Fox. he's good. He's very, very good. He, he, if there's a guy that calls it right up and down the middle, that that's the guy. He, he calls it... As the facts say it. What? You, the facts. He presents the facts. Yeah, that's all he presents. <laughs> you you make up your own mind as you, you hear him. Okay, so, Chris, you're going to love this. I have, and we have found, all eight minutes 
of this phone call that was made to shift. The there's eight minutes. I yeah, thought it was yeah, like no, ten like seconds. Two, or not, yeah, it was the, the 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 thing that everybody has heard. The piece that they've heard is like ten seconds long. We've got the whole phone call. Oh, nice. So we're going to play for. From the beginning to this. So now is, what exactly is Schiff? Re- Representative Schiff is attacking Trump. Yes, he's the one in the Intelligence Committee. He's the chairman of the Intelligence Committee in, in the House. And, uh, you know, he says that, you know, Trump's the president and he shouldn't be, you know, trying to dig up date, uh, dirt on an opponent. And From all a of foreign blah, 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 intelligence. Blah. Yes, and blah, foreign, blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, you're going to hear what Schiff has to say, and then it goes to the phone call. Oh, nice. Here we go. What we have seen in that call record is a president of the United States use the full weight of his office to manufacture dirt on his opponent uh, and interfere in our election. It is uh, illegal, improper, a violation of oath, a violation of uh, his duty to defend our elections and our Constitution for the president to merely ask for foreign interference. Hi. All right. I'm going to put Mr. Schiff on the phone, and then I guess are you going to transfer him to Mr. Parubi? Yes, of course. Great. Thank you. Hi, how are you? Hello, Mr. Schiff. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you, Chairman. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak with you. I know that you work for investigation regarding Trump and Russian government. Yes. We know some important information about that. Uh, and that, uh, that uh, is documented as well in materials you want to provide to us? Yes. Could I explain you where we are? Yes, of course. But, you know, again, I would just caution that... Uh, uh, our Russian friends may be listening to the conversation, so I wouldn't share anything over the phone that you don't want them to hear. No, I don't think that it will impact on our investigation. Yes. Well, uh, please, go ahead then. In November 2013, Mr. Trump visited Moscow. He visited a uh, competition Miss Universe, and there he met uh, with the Russian journalist and celebrity Ksenia Sobchak. Uh, I'm sorry, can you explain that again? While he was in Moscow in November 2013, he met with a, a journalist and, and... Well, she's poor journalist. But anyway, uh, she became famous because of uh, Putin is her godfather. Okay, Putin is godfather. Okay. She also known as a person who provides uh, uh, girls for escort for oligarchs. And she met with Trump and she brought him one-hour Russian girl, celebrity, Olga Buzova, who also known as a person with a strange reputation. Olga, and, and how do you spell her name? Olga Buzova. Buzova. Um, so yes. Olga Buzova is a uh, friend of the, uh, the reporter Sovchek? Yes, she's a friend of a reporter and I think the special agent of Russian Secret Service, Ksenia Sobchak. Um, that Sobchak is or Olga is? No, Sobchak is Ksenia. Okay, and so Buzova met with Trump uh, in, in uh, New York at some point after the 2013 Miss Universe uh, yes. pageant? Absolutely, and she got uh, compromising materials on Trump after their uh, short relations. Okay, and, and what's the nature of the compromise? Well, there were pictures of naked Trump. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so Putin was made aware uh, of the, the availability of the compromising material? 
Yes, of course, uh, Buzova shared those materials with uh, Sobchak and Sobchak shares those materials with uh, Putin because she's a goddaughter of Putin and Putin decided to press on Trump. Um, and, uh, and the materials that you can provide to the committee or to the FBI, uh, would they corroborate this allegation? Sure, of course. Uh, when they were in Ukraine, we got their conversation by the phone where they discussed those uh, compromising materials. We are ready to provide it to FBI. So you, you have recordings of both Sovchek and Buseva uh, where they're discussing the compromising material on uh, Mr. Trump? Absolutely. And uh, we also know who was a mediator between Trump and Russian government, who met with uh, ex-advisor of Trump, uh, Mr. Flynn. It was a Russian singer, very famous singer, Arkady Ukupnik, who met with Mr. Flynn on uh, Brighton Beach in Brooklyn in a special uh, Russian cafe, Langeron. What's the name of the cafe? Uh, uh, Langeron. Langeron? Yes, it's on the Brighton Beach. Okay, and it's uh, a special. When, when it's a Russian district in uh, Brooklyn. And do you know what was discussed? They discussed many things, but the most interesting thing is they use a special. They used a special password uh, before before their meetings. When they met each other, they said, "Weather is good on Derbasovskaya." Weather it rains. is good. Yeah. In where? Weather is good on Deribasovska. There is a name of a street in Odessa. Did you Did you hear? Yes, I did. Uh, so it's a street in, in Odessa. No, uh, yes. we don't, the we don't need to hear is anymore. Is good on he totally has bought into this. Totally. Okay, shift has. So right. this is a fake phone call, right? Yeah, I mean, of this course. Is some They're punking. Fake it's Russian a couple agents. Of, it's a couple of of Russian uh, disc jockeys. Nice. Who work their way through the the folks and getting to uh, shift? And he took their call. They think that they think that the guy that he's talking to yeah. is the basically like the speaker of the house of the right. Ukraine Parliament. Okay, and uh, he's offering them uh, these recorded phone calls of the information talking about naked pictures of Trump with an escort of some kind. Because they were presented to, to Putin by his his goddaughter. This is like Craig O'Neill in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, like ninety eight point five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, this is Craig O'Neill. You can still do this over in Russia. You can't do this here in the United <laughs> States anymore. You got to tell people they're being recorded now in the right. United States because uh, we used to punk people all the time. You can't <laughs> punk them anymore. So the bottom line is, is that you know he was doing exactly that's it that's the now what the president was trying he's saying the president was doing right i don't believe the president was trying to do what they're trying to say here's what i think was going down all right president is still pissed off and i can understand being pissed off about the whole mueller thing yeah, he's mad. okay about the the russian interference and all that and somehow he was colluding with the russians to throw the american presidential election his way and yada 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 I think now that the president is using uh, Barr and Giuliani and others to do a real investigation to find out who on this side of the Atlantic was doing all of that. 
and they're trying to get the names and, and getting the, the information. So now we can say, see, it wasn't us. Here is here's all the knowledge, all everything that we have. This is the person behind it. And I think everybody knows that that would end up at the door of Hillary Clinton. I think so, too. You bet. There's some so there's some something sneaky going on here. Yeah, there's some deception going on. He's trying to root it out. Yeah, he's trying to get the information out so he can really clear his name. Yes, I don't have any idea what this country would be like if it really came out that somebody was trying, was working with a truly working with a foreign po- uh, power to get a dossier out on the president of the United States and trying to do a bloodless coup. Because basically that's what was happening. And even John McCain got sucked up into that. Yeah, he did. It's unbelievable. It really is. This is just a really bad point in our history, to say the least. It's going to blow up in their face. I think it is. It's going to blow up in their face. I I think it will. All right. We got Mark Levin yet. When we come back, though, John Voigt is next here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 20 minutes after 5 on uh, the last day. We're just talking about this last day of September. Yes. And we are in a heat wave right 95 now. 95 degrees. I was burning up today. Do you know what it was felt like outside? 103. What? Oh, no wonder. I mean, I, didn't you not notice the humidity? I mean, I got up this morning, I get ready to lift. I I got my all my weightlifting equipment in my garage and so I'm going to do deadlifts to do that. I got to pull my car out. So I yep. pulled my car out, and uh, I'm looking around, and literally, you it looked like a light fog hanging in the end because the humidity was so thick. Yep, you could cut it with a knife, and so I uh, went out and lifted and did what I was going to do, sweating like a hog. You know, you can't say sweat like a pig. Don't sweat, man. I don't know where that came from. Sweating like a pig. <laughs> Pigs don't sweat. So anyway, uh, I w- I was just sweating bad. I mean, it was pouring off of me. You know, I got that bald head, and there ain't nothing there to hold it up. It ain't getting soaked up by my hair, and it's just <laughs> running off me. And uh, yeah, it was uh, huge, man. Just telling you, it was huge, unbelievable. Was well, supposed to get better a little better next week. Uh, by Thursday, Thursday, right. the high Thursday is only supposed to be seventy nine degrees. Nice, and the temperature is going to fall, but. You know, usually when you have the temperature go down like that, you know, you get rain. Hmm, no rain. I think it's like 3% chance of rain on Thursday, which is really weird. Yeah. Friday, I'm going to be up in, in Branson. I'm going up to do a special show on Saturday evening uh, that you won't hear he, hear it here on 1011 uh, FM, The Answer. You'll hear it over at 93.3 FM, uh, The Fish, uh, from 3 to 5, and they got this... Uh, pumpkin light thing going on up there it's a it's a non-scary halloween event for kids that sounds like a blast yeah i think it'd be fun and we're going to go up and 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 do a do a show up there for a couple hours have a lot of people on from silver dollar city oh man my wife loves silver dollar city oh really loves i've never you know i've never been Oh, so I want it. I've been wanting to go. Silver Dollar City. Well, you got to go to Christmas now. You got to see the lights. Oh, yeah, I you need see to go the parade. there. Yeah, oh, it's nice. like the fifty million billion lights it's, or whatever they got. It is eye candy to the max. Because I'm, I'm a huge 
Christmas lover. I and you got to go get Christmas. the bubble bread. They bake this bread over there. Bubble bread. It's called bubble bread. It is a basically a cinnamon roll dipped in butter, rolled in sugar, and baked. Oh my it's, gosh! It's out of this world. I can have maybe half of one. <laughs> I am not it's worked. dangerous. I have worked so hard to get down on my weight that the last thing I want to do is start. You can have a bite. Just pushing it in my mouth again. Because, <laughs> boy, you it used to be, I would eat you that so much. You crazy. smell it. And waiting on the parade. I'll go get the bubble bread. You got to wait in line. They got a parade? Oh, yeah. What kind of parade? They got the parade full of lights. They got these little people dancing. And, oh, it's awesome. It's Sounds out. like something I got to go to. Oh, you got to go. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I was in college, yeah. you know. I used to see little people dancing with lights all the time. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, then it's going to bring back some yeah, flashbacks. Bring me, yeah, flashback. Oh, oh, what's man. going on here? It's a, it is eye candy. <laughs> it is wonderful. Music, the dancers, the lights, the bubble bread. Yeah, I have to check it out. Oh. I'm going to check this out. Going, They got thousands of pumpkins that they carve for this thing. I've, I've never even heard of this. Yeah, it's something it sounds awesome. Kind of, kind of new, I think. But we're going to go up and. Okay. Uh, they called uh, one of our uh, salespeople here, and we want Dave Holzwich to come up and talk about this. Fantastic. So we're going to go up and check it out. I did a, I I was up there a few years ago. Yeah. When, um, oh, who was the colonel that used to be on Fox News all the time? He's get, he's old now. He can't do it. He was messed up and with. Reagan and the Guatemalan thing and all of that with the, oh. the Sandinistas and all of that. I'm trying. I can't. North. Think. North. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He was North. up there. Colonel North was up there for the uh, Marines birthday. Was he really? Yeah. So, you know, they cut the, the cake with the big sword and all that kind of stuff. He came on to two hours on my show. Oh, he and, did? And, and, yeah, oh, yeah. He was. Was he awesome? A, yeah. He's a great guy. Nice. So we got into it into a conversation about the uh, the Lennon sisters who used to have a, I think maybe they still do have a theater okay. up there in Branson. And I talked about when I was a young teenager, about 13 year old, right. years old, I had the hots for the, the young Lennon sister <laughs> nice. on the, um, uh, what was it? Uh, oh, who is it? Uh, oh, one and a two. Um, you know, with the bubbles and all of that, the guy that did the music, uh, Lawrence Well, and the Lennon sisters performed on that. And I was, I was just taught, and it was one of the, the interviewer was this lady that did this thing for Branson, okay. all right, and you know promoting it. And I had, I didn't know that she had taken this and it had played over and over and over and over again in Branson on their closed circuit TV thing. They nice. Got. One of the theaters. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was saying, I'd really like to meet her. And I, I do the, you know, the, like the phone thing that you do. Right. And I put it up to my, my head and I go, call me. You know? <laughs> and that probably played several hundred times. I like it. And, and a lot of people, I guess, got a big kick out of it. Yeah. And so they, they ask me to come back every once in a while. Fantastic. I, I just have a fun time, all right? And I never got to meet her. I still want to meet her. Right. Okay. Uh, and no, I don't have the hot still for her. <laughs> I'm just saying. It would be fun just to talk to her. Sure. You know, as far as the Lennon. The Lennon sisters were like the ultimate coolness when I was growing up. I mean, my parents watched, you know, Lawrence Welk. Oh, yeah. Was it every Sunday night? Saturday night or Sunday nights? It was one or the other. I don't think Saturday is there was football games on. Dad would never watch Lawrence Welk over a football game. Oh, really? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because I remember Lawrence Welk. Remember the guy who used to play the accordion? 
It was cannot remember the he show. I've seen parts of it. I've yeah. seen. You can watch replays of it now, yeah. repeats of it if you want to. Uh, I don't suggest you do so. You <laughs> make you age fifty years just you know turning it on. It just <laughs> just happens. It was people who watched it were elderly people basically. I like I like some of the old stuff. Laverne and Shirley. Like some of the old stuff, dude. That's not. See, I don't even consider Seth that old, old I mean, stuff. <laughs> I like Laverne Shirley. Isn't it bad? I love, okay, we can go back. There's to only further. one I of them. I love Lucy. There you go. No, okay. that's oh, good. Oh man, right. that's way. You back realize there. that Laverne and Shirley, uh, only one of them are still alive. I Penny not, Marshall passed. I did not know that. Yeah, she died. No kidding. What was her favorite drink? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. What was it? Milk and Pepsi. There you go. Milk and Pepsi. <laughs> Good job. Well, you know, that's not far. I used to think that was kind of weird, uh-huh. but that's not far from like a root beer. No, uh, float. Shit. Yeah, it's a root beer float. Yeah. Right, and you mix it up. Okay, you had brown cows and you had black cows. Did you know that? I did not brown know Brown cow is with root beer. Black cows with Coke. Oh, nice. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. That just... That's old. That tells you how old I really am. Well, now I understand putting milk in Pepsi. It's, oh, it's man. Put cream. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, what, what's wrong with cream? Tastes good, buddy. Right. Put some I butter like on it. it, some cream, and some bacon grease. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe a little sugar. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe so. That. And if you're Elvis, you throw a banana in there. Oh, man. <laughs> I've actually had one of those on Beale Street. Have you really? The banana, fried banana, banana peanut butter sandwich. Yep. And they're not world. bad. Oh, it's not bad at they're all. They're good. And if they do it like a Monte Crisco, oh man, we gotta go real, get one right now. It's really good. We can't continue to talk about <laughs> bubble bread and Elvis Presley's <laughs> peanut butter bananas. These are awesome. Yeah, that's good food. What can I tell you? Okay, so we got a little bit away from impeachment. We did. We had to. <laughs> it, it, it really does. In all honesty, this disturbs me deeply i'm in total agreement with you i'm I'm serious about it and it should disturb everyone across the political spectrum i would think so and not just the conservatives i mean i mean take away that you don't like him yeah okay i understand there's people out there who i mean hate him don't like him at all okay but he's look good things have happened for this country absolutely now i'm i'm let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it like I think a lot of people think it. If if you're all about LGBTQ and right. and you're all about transsexuals and all the rest of this stuff, you really hate this guy. All right. I mean, you really, really, really hate this guy. If you're all about stay out of my womb, you know, right. I want to be able to kill my unborn baby, then you really hate this guy. But if you can put that aside, then you know, as well as everybody else knows, he's not guilty of anything and should not be impeached. You got to laugh, man. I mean, during the break, Chris and I have a great time. And we were not talking about impeachment. We were talking about Branson. I was yeah. talking about the Lennon sisters somewhere. Oh, I had the pictures of them. I was going to show you. I'm just telling you, as a teenage guy... You really would, uh, during that the time in my life, I'm going back and I'm finding the, the the Lennon sisters here. Here, let me get a picture of them here. This is not when they were young, though, just so you know. Come on. Okay. What I, oh, nice. Oh, right on. They're pretty ladies. Yes. Pretty ladies. And, uh, you know, they uh, have been around for a a long time 
I mean, I think they got started 55 or something like that. Right. Uh, the youngest was Mimi. Mimi. That's who I was talking about. All right. She was born September 16th, 1955. She's two years younger than I am. All right. Just so, so you know. But she's married, okay? She's been married since 1977, just so you'll know. I don't know if I got a picture of her here or not. Let's see. Trying to bring up a picture. And I don't see a picture of her now. Anyway, got a couple kids. What can I tell you? Well, then, when I grew up, what stuck in my head is all the MTV videos, right? Yeah. Well, the Lennons were not in MTV videos. (laughs) The Lennon sisters had no videos on Uh, MTV? No. Absolutely not. Lawrence Lawrence Welk would not have been happy. (laughs) I'm just, I'm thinking. I mean, I could just, can you imagine, I can imagine them being in like Billy Idol's White Wedding or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm honestly thinking Chris seriously is sitting right. down and, and, and writing a book. I've been asked to do it by several different people. I think people it'd be fantastic. Idea, I, Dave. I love hearing I've stories been, about it. I have been lucky enough to interview a lot of interesting people yes. and have been in some interesting places and very interesting, cool times. Yes. I was at MTV. Okay. So I've got like autographed pictures from JJ Jackson and, uh, from Martha Quinn and, right and those folks and, uh, Martha Quinn signed my picture. It said, I'll see you on one of the Bob Hope tours because <laughs> nice. I was in the military at the time. And, uh, I was there and one of the big producers came up to me and says, we want to, I want to show you a video. I want, I want your honest opinion about something. Okay. I said, sure. So I sit down because they knew I was from Northwest Indiana. Right. They also knew that the Jackson Five played at my senior prom. <laughs> so I sit down to watch this video they're going to show me. I had no idea what it was, and I, it's it was uh, uh, beat it by Michael Jackson. Really. Which was, they got done showing to me, which if you remember it, it's a fantastic video. It was Michael Jackson at Michael Jackson's best, you know, yeah. with the hat and the whole oh, nine yards awesome. and dancing and, and whatnot. And uh, uh, they get done and they're saying, we're thinking about putting this on MTV. And I said, what are you thinking about? Absolutely, you put it on MTV. Yeah. What hadn't happened until that point on MTV? Come on, Zach, take a guess. You you should be able to you should be able to figure this one out. Oh yeah, there was no African American. Thank you. Yeah, never had really? had an African American mm-hmm. on MTV. That's no right. Kidding. Ever, never had happened. Hey, I can see that, that video in my first, mind right that now. That is the first video was an African American ever oh, made on MTV. Mm-hmm. It did make history, and I I mean, I mean the guy looked at me and said we're th- we're thinking, That's and nuts. it was like what. Put it what? We, what are you thinking about? And then we saw what happened. Yeah. yeah. Blew up. Yeah. It, yeah. it did more than just blew up. Oh, man. It went into the stratosphere. Yeah. You know, what a great, great, great video that was. And, uh, yeah, it's just sad that in at times people can't get by color. I don't get yeah. that. It's crazy. Yeah. Nuts. You, Talent trumps color, man. I'm just yeah. telling you. It it trumps color. 
Trumps a lot of things. Yeah, it does. You know? I liked, I saw a, a meme the other day. It said, how to explain, you know, racism to your child. And it was showing, showed two eggs. Person is holding two eggs. Yeah. Cracked it, opened it. One was brown, one was white. Oh, nice. Okay, crack them, put them in. Yeah. Both of them look the same. The yolks and everything. Different colors on the outside, same on the inside. There you go. Same thing in real life. Yeah. All right? And just, you know what? I think everybody should have to serve in the military. And then when you see people get blown up, you'll know that don't matter what color you are. Yeah. Everybody bleeds the same. Well, that's brutal. But it's true. It right? is very yeah. true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. All right. I promised you that we'd hear John Voigt. I've got, uh, I'm doing my thing of chasing rabbits, but that's okay. John Voigt cut a uh, piece that he put out on Twitter and uh, talking about this impeachment on Trump. Here's what he had to say. War. This is war against truths. This is a war against the highest noble man who has defended our country and made us safe and great again. Let me stand with our president. Let us all stand with our President Trump in a time of such evil words trying for impeachment. This is a crime that the left are trying to force. This is a disgrace by such ignorant followers that have no truth of what truly has been brought back to our country. We have gained greatness. We have gained jobs. We have gained more than any president has promised. This radical left are destructive. Their codes of what is supposed to be are corrupt with lies, deceits, and anger. And we ask why. We ask how can a human being have such anger toward the greatness of our country's glory? I'll tell you why. Because for so long their anger has been growing and with such deep pain, with no open heart of loving and seeing the truth. The truth of what truly matters is the productivity of what was promised and what we, the American people of the United States, were promised and have received. And what does the radical left do for such greatness? They want to destroy. They want civilization to be run like a corrupt ring. I say stand now with Trump. Let truth prevail. And may God show all the truth. That we are truly a nation stronger because of our president. The left are afraid. For their power is lessening with every deal that is accomplished by Donald Trump. In the name of God and his power for this nation... Let us stay strong and without such evil among us. God love it. God bless. God love it. John Voigt laying it out just the way it is, saying what a lot of us are thinking. Yeah, it's powerful words. I agree. I loved it. Yeah. I, I love really hearing good. that. He's really good. He's excellent. excellent actor. Nice guy. Uh, hopefully uh, next year, come uh, no, uh, August, when I'm at the uh, convention, he'll be there. He'll stop by and, nice. and visit with us uh, well, some said more. It, it, war against the truth. That's what it is. Oh, it, and deception. Hey, where's where's Biden been, by the They're way? They're using deception. Oh, oh, where is Biden? Yeah, he's come hiding. Come on, man. He's hiding. 
Uh, well, he did have he did have something to say over the weekend. We did. Yeah, he did. What did he say? Cut number twelve. We have to confront the real existential threat that we all face. We have to declare war as if we're being invaded on climate change. Oh. It is the existential threat. <laughs> declare war. Oh my lord! Try. They've been trying to do this now for the last. A year and a half in finding some kind of commonality between World War II and right. climate change. It's the most. Someone feeding that sound bite that came out of nowhere. It's I know. kind of weird. I know. It's strange. That was, that was a really important thing. What, what did you have? About 20 people there to yeah. hear what he had to say? <laughs> All right. When we come back, you got to hear Mark Levin. He went off on uh, Fox and Friends yesterday. That's up. That's upcoming here. On the Dave Ellswick Show, Chris Corbin's here. Don't, don't go anywhere. Yep, I, I saw you. Put the blinker. On. Oh, you're just changing lanes. Okay, that's good. Cool. <laughs> All right, we'll be back in just a moment. All right, back with you. I look, you gonna put on Mark Levin again? Yes. I mean, he put it to him. Yeah, I want I I want to talk about it before we do it. Okay, and, and that is, you were amazed at how he used logic. To just slowly take apart the yep. arguments of of uh, uh, Ed, uh, I think it's Harris, the, uh, the Fox News reporter. Yeah, the Fox News reporter. Yeah, and he he claimed that that's not what he said, right? Yeah, he, he just called him out on it. So yeah. up and didn't let it go until he acknowledged. It's like he, you know, well, he starts off by saying, "Why's the media not screaming about who is the whistleblower?" Yeah, where's it? Where and Trump's saying the same thing. I want to see the whistleblower. Who is? I get to confront my my accuser. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. So here's Mark Levin. This is from yesterday on Fox and Friends. Went wrong in the Oval Office. Go for it. Well, you know, Ed, I've been watching you and a lot of reporters, and you haven't once asked for the identity of the so-called whistleblower. Why is that? I want to know the identity of. I, well, I, I want to know mean. the identity. Shouldn't the well, who's asking well, for? I've point out. Shouldn't I the point out hold on now, times, hold Mark, on now. that it's secondhand information, and so we'll that's find out not who the it same is. thing, Ed. It's not the same thing as saying. Let me do it this way. I'm an American citizen. If this CIA operative is going to be the guy that brings down my president, I want to know all about them. I want to know what kind of dogs they have, how many marriages they've had, if they have a DUI. I want to know if they're a partisan. I want to know everything, like they do with, the, with, with everybody else, the media. I want to know this guy should be cross-examined. What kind of a, a situation is this? We're going to bring down a president of the United States, and the Democrats are telling us we can't identify this guy because his life might be in danger? And then everybody ha- swings around his memo like it's the Bible. I have a lot of questions about his memo. I don't need press people interpreting it for me. I can read it myself. I want to question this person about his memo. And as you've been told, everybody now, for the last two days, why is it that the CIA changed its whistleblower policy in August, when this letter is dated August 12th? Under the former policy before August, under the former policy, he's not a whistleblower. This isn't a whistleblower complaint, and nothing's sent to the United States Congress. How did that happen like this? Those One are other fair questions, Ed, so let's get to the point then. What happened in the Oval Office on that call? Was it illegal or not? Well, we know it's not illegal. What crime was violated? Can you name one? 
I'm not naming them. I'm saying others have suggested. Nobody's naming them. But well, I, no, no, instead we me. have named. Hold on, Ed. Ed. It's not about me. It's not illegal. The question is what whether Biden did something illegal. The president didn't do anything illegal. You know how I know? Because Nancy Pelosi's been on every TV show and she can't cite one section of the United States Code where it's illegal. My question is, why is Joe Biden above the law? Why is his son above the law? Where is Hunter Biden today? Where is the meat? Don't they want to know? Don't they want to know if the leading contender for the Democrat nomination is a crook? And if his son is a crook? Let me tell you about our president. We've had a special counsel with 2,800 subpoenas and 500 search warrants and 500 witnesses and add 13 requests to foreign governments for evidence by Mueller. We've had four Democrat senators. Three wrote a letter to Ukraine and said, you damn well better help Mueller investigate Trump. One pressured them the other week and said, you better not investigate Biden. We know that. What do we know about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden? Zero. So you're okay Zero. with a president you know about, asking another president to dig hold, up dirt on. on a candidate? You're okay with that? He's a former vice dirt president. Dirt on a candidate? What dirt are you talking about? He, the president of the United States. I'm not saying this he was didn't ask for illegal, it. but are I'm you asking the same? you, this is, are you okay right. with a president asking his counterpart, this is simple yes or no, to dig up dirt on former vice president Joe Biden and his son? Are you okay with that? First of all, your question is not honest. So I don't give yes That's or no quote answers. From the to, let sir. me finish, Ed. You have all morning. I have two minutes. It's not an honest question. That, show me in the transcript where the president said that. Well, I don't have it in front of Nowhere. me, but there's a whole Nowhere, paragraph where he asked the, about Joe on, Biden. Ed. Hold on. I'm really trying to question. talk to the he American people. He asked about people. Joe Biden, and he's, the president said... So what he asked about okay, Joe let me Biden? Is he, he said allowed to ask about Joe Biden? Are, the president said a lot of people are wondering about the former vice president and his son's business deal. That's all I'm saying. There's no hidden it's question It's actually there. not the way so he is put it either. What you ought to do, Ed... Ed, what you ought to do is rather than restating it, put a graphic up and read it. That said, okay, we'll do it. What's the problem, Ed? What's the problem with it? I didn't say there was a problem. I said neither did Democrats I. So the answer to your question is, so why is, is it no. Okay. okay. It's what do you mean? Why is it okay? There's a lot of things. The question isn't proven negative. The question is, it's not illegal. It's not immoral. It's not unethical. And if you guys in the media would do your damn job and ask Joe Biden and Hunter Biden what the hell's going on, maybe the president wouldn't have to raise the issue. Why is the president having to raise the issue? And by the way, he didn't raise it the way you said it. He said this has been raised, it was raised in the New York Times, it's been raised by Peter Schweizer and so forth, and nobody wants to look into it. Well, Mark, Why? instead they, now... Don't they have to raise the issue precisely because of the book you wrote that's over your left shoulder, Unfreedom of the Press? I mean, the press is entirely uninterested in the other side and instead bringing everything Pete, they can on speculation. We don't know anything. Pete, let me tell you what the press has done. They lied about a quid pro quo. They lied about the president raising this eight times. They've lied about the president asking for a favor, trying to talk. Yeah, they also lied about the, the, the whistleblower had to have federal protection. That's a lie. CBS reported that. That's not true. It's been uh, debunked by the whistleblower's uh, attorney. Yeah. So I'm just saying. Lies. There's all kinds. And Trump authorized the release. Fake news. There you go. And Trump authorized the release of the transcript. Yes, he did. did. I I don't don't know if any rule or law says he has to do that. that, This is what he got mad about Ed Henry. And said Henry. I said Harris. It's Henry Ah. of Fox News. Is that he was saying, uh, don't you, does it not bother you that the president might have been digging up dirt on, uh, uh, you know, on Joe Biden? And, uh, you know, what, yes or no? And he says, 
basically, basically, I'm not going to answer your question because your question is a non-starter because you said dig it up dirt. It didn't say dig it. He didn't ask anybody to dig up dirt. That's right. He didn't take the bait. Yeah. He baited him with that question. Yeah, he did. Is it any any and then he tried to limit his answer. It's a yes or no. Yeah. Come on. No, it wasn't a yes or no. no because the yes question no. was a false question. That's right. That's right. I liked how he said, What you should be doing is putting it up on Cryon up there on the screen and reading it word for word. Nice. Well, we'll do that. Well, they didn't. Just saying. And, and that and that very question you know, it begs the question that there was some kind of quid pro quo. And and he didn't let him get away with it. No, he did not. Yeah, yeah. It. You can if you look at if I'm here. Here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you, talking to my listeners now, you need to sit down tonight. Take a few minutes. This won't take longer than twenty minutes at the most. Right. Uh, read the transcript of the phone call. Yeah. And then read. The whistleblower complaint. Oh, it's crazy. Yeah. Just read them and then say to yourself, it's going to take millions of dollars to, quote, try to decide whether they should impeach the president. What have they said? Oh, by the end of the year, we'll be ready to do an impeachment vote. Folks, it's it's going to be October 1st. They're saying 90 days out almost, okay, before they vote on this. So what does that tell you? They either know it's impeachable or they know it's not impeachable. I'm telling you, they know right now they're not going to impeach this president. No, they're not going to get it. I think it's just like, uh, who was it that said it? Uh, ISA, who said that the Democrats are going to try to use these uh, committee uh, hearings and stuff to splash as much mud as they can on the president and Try to keep him from being elected. Right. It's a terrible pattern. Because Congressman Green of Texas said, we got to impeach him because he might be (laughs) reelected. There you have it. The Geico caveman said that. (laughs) Keep that in mind. You need to, if you're wondering what that, that's a callback to a joke earlier in the show. All right. right. Green looks like a Geico caveman. He He really does. just like him. It's amazing absolutely amazing and if you want to call me a racist go ahead i don't really give a damn to be i've been called much call much worse for that no Dave. i've been called much worse than that <laughs> believe me in my lifetime i've been called much worse than that so bottom it's line funny, I'm it's a telling, joke it's yeah, funny it is a joke it's funny and it, it doesn't even come close to dave Chappelle. all right <laughs> no. i'm just saying <laughs> doesn't even come close to it all right Chris, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having pleasure. me, Dave. I, I enjoyed We brought Chris in today. We're going to bring him in anyway, but he's here by himself today because Robert uh, Steinbach is he couldn't make it today. Today is Rosh Hashanah, and it's the Jewish New Year, and that is a holy day uh, for practicing Jewish folks, and that's, that's right. what Robert is. And so, uh, you know, he's out of pocket today we and him. tomorrow. We missed him, didn't we? I always miss Rob. Yeah. Robert's my man. He would have had some things. He would have went crazy yes, on Mark would. Levin. <laughs> he would have gone nuts on that, and he would have loved John Voight. Oh, definitely. I'll play that. We'll hold on to both of them just so he can hear it. Uh, I will not be here tomorrow. Carl Kimball will be filling in for me. I may be back in time for the Bible, guys. Just letting you know that, you know, basically I got to take uh, – 
Linda to the doctor, and I have no idea how long doctors are going to take. You know, we never do. Yeah, we we're three weeks into the healing process. We don't. I don't know if they're going to change casts or what they're going to do. Walking casts. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. So I'm just taking day off so I don't have to rush around. Bottom line, I'll see you again on Wednesday. By the way, I was just informed that Congressman Hill will come into the studio on Wednesday. Plus, plus, the man, the legend is going to be on. I won't tell you exactly who it is. Just know that the man and the legend's coming Wednesday as well. You won't want to miss it. It's Dave Ellswick Show. I will talk to you on Wednesday, Carl Kimball, tomorrow afternoon.